weirdos have to stick together the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about she-ra and the princesses of power my name is patch and i'm joined by the most wanted criminal on etheria it's chloe how are you today chloe uh i mean aside from the thing that we won't mention which is as far as i'm willing to bring it up uh i guess all right i i, I got my new glasses in the mail yesterday at least yeah it's fucking lost like all this other stuff that keeps getting lost yeah i, I don't know what's been I, going on with that but that has been a real problem huh so I found out one thing about it because so yesterday because my job is like all dependent upon like how much mail there is I actually was only there for like a little bit so I actually got home before the courier did the deliveries because I got the notification on my phone and I was like I ran down and thankfully she was still there and I had put a note on the mailbox just in case because I'm like I don't want my fucking hundred dollars of glasses to get lost but I called her and was like hey here's what's going on because Two packages didn't get delivered last Wednesday. The uh, one that I ordered like a month ago, it's a little charm of Melia from the original Xenoblade Chronicles. I'm pretty sure also was supposed to be delivered on a Wednesday and showed up a week later. And we also had just, I think also last week, had a package left at our door that was actually for the next street over. And I think that also got delivered on the Wednesday. And I only noticed it like two days ago that it had the wrong address. So I walked it over and put a sticky note on it being like, hey, the courier left it here. That's where it was. Mm-hmm. And the courier told me, oh, that's because we have a different courier on Wednesday. So I'm like, there it is. That's the answer. It, we have some freaking idiot who can't do his job right covering for her on Wednesdays, I guess. Huh. And it's like, Jesus Christ. So that's the answer, I guess. She, she said she was going to try to talk to her like supervisor or whatever about the Wednesday guy. But I guess for the moment, it's like, well, I guess if you order anything through USPS for being delivered here, try to make sure it's not being set up in a way that's going to deliver on this Wednesday because you can't be guaranteed it's going to show the fuck up. Yeah, fair. And it's like, Jesus Christ, like, at least I finally got some fucking answer about it, but it's like, for fuck's sake, it's been like a week of me trying to figure out this shit, and it's like, what what the hell? I still don't know where those other boxes are, but also I don't care about them because that stuff reasons at this point. I have actually but... been having similar issues lately. I'm currently missing three packages that were supposed to get to my apartment that uh, cool. the... Uh, the mail service has not contacted me back about after I reported them missing. Yeah, there's also that where like you can you can like call up USPS and be like, hey, my package is missing, and they'll be like, okay, we'll take down your information and call you in three days. They never fucking do. They and it sure also still don't. takes you like an hour to actually get through their stupid fucking automated system that never can detect what you say to actually get to talking to a fucking person and not a robot. (laughs) I didn't have that problem so much because I'm on Canada Post and it was much easier to get through, but also, like... That doesn't solve the problem, you know? Yeah, no. Yeah, if there's no resolution, then it's like, nope, it's still a problem. (laughs) Yeah, it's fucking stupid. (laughs) Again, at the very least, at least my glasses didn't get fucking lost in the mail or broken or anything because again i haven't had new glasses since october 2016 because i just have not had insurance for the most part or an income enough to be able to just go and get new glasses as much as i should have Oof, that's yeah wild. Def- 
Yeah, def definitely a bit of a weird transition there of like, oh, right, this is this is not only like new pair of glasses that just feels different on my face, but this is also like, you know, obviously in the course of a few years, like your prescription changes a little bit. And it's like, they actually were able to find my old information, I guess, just by looking up my, at the time, legal name. Because, mm -hmm. hey, also got that legally changed. I have the paperwork saying that I'm officially Chloe now. Rad. Which means I have to wait for the Social Security uh, administration to send me that new card so I can get my ass to the DMV to be like, hey, I need another new license <laughs> that says my actual name so that I can then contact my job, my bank, and so many other places to be like, hey, this has to be updated now because <laughs> this, this old person doesn't exist anymore. It's me yeah. now. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's all a fucking process. So I get that. Uh, obviously, I need to wait for that card to arrive before I can do anything else. It's just, yeah, it's just daunting to think of like all the other things I gotta do still with it. <laughs> but yeah. whatever, at least at least the process has been started and the probate court told, said, like, officially made that be so. And I didn't have to actually go to a court order to tell them about name chain stuff. They just decided, yeah, sure, this, this kid can have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yep. I have it's, uh... been uh, looking into changing my name myself up here because uh, in Canada, it's a lot cheaper and a lot easier to do than it is in Texas. Yeah, because, like, I mean, that's a big thing. It kind of... It's, it's kind of a big fucking mess, depending on whether, what state you're in at times, because, like, fortunately here in Connecticut, it's like, yeah, no, you just go with, like, a few forms filled out, you have, like, a little section in there that explains why you're changing your name kind of deal, <laughs> you, you unfortunately have to pay, like, a $250 fee to, for, at the probate office to do that, it has to be in either cash or check, and it's like, I'm a millennial, I definitely don't have a checkbook, <laughs> I will go and quickly find an ATM and withdraw $250 and feel very self-conscious having to carry this much money around yeah, in yeah. downtown Hartford, because that was also a fucking experience where, at first, I thought I could get it done at the town hall that I actually used to work at for that week, you back in like march when i mentioned that i had a right. job and then a week later being like fuck that uh but then it turns out no that's west hartford i had to go into like downtown hartford i had to actually get to like a parking garage and pay for parking and then walk some streets to get to the probate office which of course is a nondescript fucking building that has like so many doorways that are just locked and it's like how the fuck do i get in here this shouldn't be a fucking legend of zelda puzzle where i need to see where <laughs> i need to shoot I shouldn't have to be like, okay, where do I shoot something with the bow to open up the door to get in <laughs> to do this? But I found it out eventually, and then had to be like, okay, well, now I get... Well, I, it's because I was at the, fir the first location is where I actually would do the $250, and then I had to walk around downtown Hartford knowing that there were $250 in my purse, being like, this is definitely a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I have uh, that much money in, in the purse. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's rough. Yeah, but it was fine. I got there. <laughs> it worked out in the end, but it was it was quite an experience. <laughs> yeah, glad to hear it. Yep. I, uh, well, like I say, I've been looking into doing it up here, and I, I mean, the first thing is you can't change your name in Canada unless you've lived here for a year. So oh boy. that'll be that's the only real barrier besides figuring out how. Like, if I change my name up here and get my name changed on all my documents, whether I am allowed to go back to the States is the issue. So I'm going to have yeah, to talk to that, a lawyer or something about that. That, that would uh, that would definitely be a big question of, like, what happens there, because as far as the States would be concerned, you would still be under your, like, your birth name. Exactly, yeah. So I'm going to have to 
call the embassy and see if I can get any information out of them. Then, yeah, at least like when it came to me doing mine, I like did the research, being like, okay, like what, what, like how do you get this done in Connecticut? It's like, okay, well, you would need the like the updated social security card to actually go to the DMV. Thankfully, I looked that up, so this way I didn't go to the DMV and then have to be told by them again. Yeah, get out of here, kid. You don't have everything you need. <laughs> Just like the first time. Yeah. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> At least I figured it out, and now it's like, yep. As soon as I got the paperwork last Friday, I like it's again. I also got off of work early enough uh, before the uh, SSA closed in downtown Hartford, which I also had to go back down to downtown Hartford a week later <laughs> and pay for parking again to find the actual fucking like proper social security office. And then as soon as I found it and got up to there on their like second floor or whatever, I immediately realized I had left my paperwork in the fucking car so oh, I had no. to go back. So I had to walk back over. Thankfully it was only like a five minute walk. It was actually I was this one was actually closer. It was less of a walk to get to there compared to the probate court. <laughs> but I still had to walk back to to the fucking parking garage I was at, back to my car to get the fucking <laughs> stupid ass. Uh, uh, folder I had of paperwork to then walk back. <laughs> that's uh, wild, yep. yeah. Yeah, that's that's just me because like I acknowledge I'm I'm not an I'm not a smart person, but I'm also not an idiot. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> average, average, I guess at times. When it's like, oh yeah, whoops. <laughs> and then I almost lost, left my fucking water bottle out there after I'd also lost my previous water bottle at Pride. <laughs> oh. Oh no! <laughs> Again, also just a week between, because <laughs> my good water bottle, which immediately was a bit a bit small, so it was only like a five dollar bottle. It wasn't it wasn't anything I must have left at Pride. I think I told the story already last time, but then at the SSA, I had my old one from college that is, I don't like as much because it's like it has too much of a big, uh, like top part. And it doesn't have like a straw or anything, so it's like sometimes it's a little bit too easy to just accidentally slop water on yourself. And also the base is too wide that doesn't fit in a cup holder, so right. it's annoying. So I ended up getting a different one that I like a lot better, except sometimes the cap gets a bit stuck on the rest of the bottle. That I'm like, all oh, right, 19 months on hormones, <laughs> definitely a struggle <laughs> to get this thing to fucking twist off again. But it's yeah, it's a lot better though. <laughs> <laughs> So is the losing a water bottle thing going to become a bit on this show, or are you just going to do that every week? No, no, or... no, no. I mean, I still have this. I still have my college one. It's just it's now in storage again because I don't want to use it as much. But this other one I have, I still have it. I've had it for a week. <laughs> it's still here. So I think it's good. I think I think it's not going to get lost. It, I don't know. It, 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 it kind of depends. <laughs> you can say. During the uh, during the break that our listeners didn't notice because we kept putting episodes up, uh, my family and I went to Niagara Falls on the Canadian mm-hmm. side, and in the gift shop they were selling eight ounce water bottles, and I just <laughs> I, that, that's, that's you can't fit anything in that. That's not even enough for a can of soda. <laughs> yeah, no, I, this this bit we're gonna do in a moment, like that can of soda only filled half my cup that I have here at my desk. <laughs> But it's like, yeah, no, because I, I, like my, my good water bottle that I also have here, it's a it's a 28 ounce, and it has, like, the markings on the side. I'm looking at it, and it's like, that's, like, like, I guess, like, well, I guess it's, like, maybe, like, two shots worth of water? You don't fit any in that. Yeah, no but idea. Be, maybe they're that, for now, dogs or something. I don't know. But because it's Niagara Falls, and therefore basically, like, a tourist trap, I'm guessing they were charging, like, $20 for those water bottles. 
not it wasn't right. that bad like, actually. But I guess they put another twenty dollars in Canadian. Yeah, I, I I didn't pay super attention to them because I wasn't gonna buy them. But from what I remember, the price gouging at Niagara Falls wasn't too terrible on the Canadian side. Like it was definitely dumb thirty dollars for a t-shirt or whatever. But like oh, you're gonna my. get that whenever you go to it. Yeah, to any tourist trap place in, well, I don't, I can't say the states, but America as a whole. Yeah. Oh, um. uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. I forgot to send out the tweet about asking for questions. <laughs> to text us. <laughs> I, I'm letting her know I forgot. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. Well, <laughs> that. Well, uh, I mean, in case you listen back to this episode, uh, she'll know exactly when we were recording. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, sync up uh, the time of the podcast starting to when she sent that to see exactly <laughs> when it was. Well, I mean, like, because we use a, a private server for our recordings everybody who's ever guested on our show is in the server so everybody yeah. knows when we record the show <laughs> uh true yeah because they do see us in the chat yeah yeah unless they like, mute the uh unless they mute the chat they get the notifications for the recording starting so yeah yeah because like casey holly and michael will see that <laughs> yep <laughs> yep <sighs> yeah <laughs> yeah um I didn't do too much this week because we're moving into, uh, 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 not, I've got like four weeks left of class, so it's not final season exactly, but it's big project season. Uh, I mean, you remember what that was like last time. Yeah, didn't sound fun. It was not. And the really good part is that yesterday, all of the Rogers internet in Canada went out all over the country. Mm-hmm. So yep. sure, sure saw a lot of that, <laughs> even in like the VTuber uh, part of the Discord of people <laughs> like retweeting the VTubers being like, where's the internet? And it's like, oh, well, I guess this person lives in Canada too. <laughs> yeah, it was honestly like, I-, I couldn't do any of the homework I was supposed to do because I didn't have internet. And I went oh, to the boy. mall because across the street is a mall that has Wi-Fi, and that Wi-Fi was down. And so I went to the library in the mall, and that Wi-Fi was down. And oh god! <laughs> like yeah, tons of stores and stuff were closed because they just couldn't process debit or credit transactions without yeah. the uh, without mm-hmm. the uh, at the internet, and they just couldn't make enough money through cash because nobody carries it, so they just closed. Yeah. I uh, definitely had a scenario like that back when I used to work uh, work the front desk at the fucking Pet Boys, where, because, uh, like, September is, like, hurricane season a lot down in, like, North Carolina, so, like, that September, yeah. we definitely had a day where it was just, like, downpour, and, like, me and, like, the uh, the other, like, the guy who was there who had got hired, like, a few weeks after me without uh storm management being around and like the lights go out and like the mechanics like hey we uh we don't have power and it's like yes we know this because all our computers <laughs> are off and the lights are off and it's dark as fuck and we're like t- just frantically like trying to text the, the manager being like what do we do and she's just like uh hope that the power goes back out it's like oh cool thanks yeah <laughs> it, did, it did actually come back it was like maybe like a uh, 40 minute time like downtime but it wasn't that bad but it's like still a case of like yep this is uh not good 
there were definitely days like that back when I worked at Target because, you know, in Texas, the electrical grid is not good. So during the summer, the power would just yep. shut off. Yeah, everybody heard about how bad the power grid is in Texas over the last couple of years for sure. <laughs> yep. Yep. Fuck yep. you, Ted Cruz. <laughs> but it's independent, so we don't have to depend on other states for. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, and as a result, when this whole state loses power, you also can't get any state to help because it's all isolated. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. But yeah, so it's. It was interesting, I guess. Not fun. I almost went mad without a distraction machine to keep me company, but interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have to imagine, because it's like. I mean, just like the times where it's like when you have, like when the power goes out, it's like, well, I guess I can play my Switch just in like, you know, handheld mode because at least you can play that. But it's like everything else is like, well, can't use the computer, can't really cook, <laughs> can't like open the fridge much, like as much because you don't want to get stuff to start spoiling. And it's just like, okay, well, I guess I also have to make sure not to use my phone as much, even if I need it as, like, a light source to look around if it's, like, like dark when it, the power goes out, because obviously you need to be have your phone not run out of power so that you can actually, like, have your alarm go off or something if the power doesn't come back by the following morning. Yeah. <laughs> like, yay, fun. <laughs> yeah, it's very, uh... I'm not sure how to say this exactly. So... I, I had my psych appointment this week, and she reconfirmed ADHD, which is great. Mm-hmm. But now what I'm understanding about myself is that having my phone really helps mitigate those symptoms. Because when I get a weird thought, I can just Google it and be done with it. And I don't need to dwell on it, you know? And uh, yeah. without internet for a whole day, that did not work super well. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd imagine that. <laughs> Oh my god, uh, the, the, the developer of that uh, cat game, Stray, just sent out a tweet about how you can uh, hit the triggers while you're perched up against the wall to scratch at the wall. <laughs> Authentic cat experience. <laughs> if I may offer a view into the authentic cat experience, please allow me to post a picture in our private Discord right now. <laughs> Hi, Ziggy. <laughs> She has pushed my laptop out of the way so she can climb around on the desk. (laughs) (laughs) That she has. She has definitely pushed the screen down a bit. (laughs) Yep. Cats. (laughs) Cats are usually pretty good. And sometimes just criminals. (laughs) I don't know. know. This cat looks innocent to me. (laughs) Uh, Well, this isn't like, the crime she did was earlier today. She, she's been throwing stuff off the table all day, and she broke one of my 3D-printed minis. Oh, no. I'm, I'm honestly surprised, because, like, Sam's cats aren't the kind that, like, knock stuff off of, like, shelves and, like, like tables and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is about this mini specifically, but she hates it, I think, or loves it. I can't tell which. <laughs> But yeah, so I've been getting some minis 3D printed at my library, and I had spent all day painting it and just had set it out to dry, and she just flung it across the room and snapped it in three places, so that's the crime. Oh, pity. Is it expensive to make? No, it's like 225 Canadian. Oh, okay. That's not the worst, yeah. 
Because yeah, honestly, yeah. I don't I don't know the conversion rate between Canadian and USD, but I don't think it's that much. That's about a buck fifty. Okay. Maybe a little more, but not too much. Yeah, the uh, the library here will print for a dollar plus. Uh, I think it's like a quarter per gram of material you use, so you can mm -hmm. print pretty cheap up here without having to buy your own thing. Uh, and gotcha. I've been experimenting with that since I'm doing in-person D&D now, but I guess I have to go spend another $2 since. Oh, yeah. Could, are you able to, like, get... I guess you probably can't get the files of, like, characters you make in Hero Forge to yeah. print out yourself. Yeah, you absolutely can. That's what it was. You can actually get them to print it out, so I imagine you can't really download those you files. You can just uh, buy the, uh, the 3D print file instead of having them do the whole mini for you. Oh, and then you can... oh I didn't... Okay, that's neat. I didn't realize you could just buy the, the like the PDF or whatever equivalent. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know how 3D printing works. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, and this could just be the library's 3D printer, but the quality has not been awesome. It's very obvious how the the layers of the printer work. Like the whole thing is, mm. it's got it's stratified. Like you look at a, a one of those diagrams of the Earth and its different layers. That's what the minis look like. Right. <laughs> and the shapes come through fine, but that's yeah. So I assume Hero Forge would do better if you ordered the mini from them. But also, that's forty five dollars. No, thank you. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that's my week. Uh, you said you had something else for us to cover today. <laughs> Uh, it's it's not a cover it's a it's a goof because like at a certain point i realized that like a thing that most podcasts do is that they eventually do like a like drink taste test <laughs> and because like i, I specifically am thinking of when the street cast did that when they tried the uh was it like the orange vanilla coke or whatever i think it was the one they were jokingly calling boren's beer yeah yeah and uh one of my roommates i, I she said that she like uh she bought like uh, like food, like groceries and stuff from like uh, like a small store, and like I guess because she like bought a certain amount, they gave her one of those like Coke and coffee little cans of like just the two combined. Yeah. But she also doesn't like uh, Coke, and that does my other roommate. So they were like, "You want this, Chloe?" They're like, eh, I guess, yeah, sure. And I decided to make it be a goof where I poured it into a cup, and I have it here <laughs> to see what it tastes like live on the oh, air quotes live on the fucking podcast okay yeah, this doesn't smell good <laughs> it's like you don't really smell the coke it's definitely because it's like it's got it's like mocha so it's not like coffee coffee i guess but it's like you definitely smell that a lot more than the, <laughs> yeah you definitely smell that more than coke let's, <laughs> let's see what this fucking thing tastes like I guess it kind of tastes like nothing, I guess. Okay. It's like, it's like, you definitely do taste that it doesn't just taste like Coke itself. Like, it definitely has that, like, kind of, like, bitterness of a coffee. But it's like, okay, I'm gonna say, I, I'm, I'm tasting a little bit more of the coffee now than anything. But it's like, it's, I don't know, I guess it's inoffensive. It smells a lot worse than it actually is, I guess. <laughs> well, I guess that's something, at least. <laughs> Yeah, like it, it didn't make me immediately go, Ugh, that's that's vile. Put that guess, on so. the can. Smells worse than it tastes. <laughs> it, it, it's just accredited to our podcast. <laughs> like it tastes tastes better than it smells. Chloe from us weirdos have to sing together. <laughs> uh, wonderful. 
Hey, hey, uh, Coke, if you want to sponsor us, I'd be open to taking your money, even if I don't like your products much. <laughs> oh, we're accepting sponsors now? Oh, um, we can do that. I don't have any lined up, but I can. <laughs> yeah, this, this episode's brought to you by, uh, <laughs> the, the letter P. I don't know. <laughs> oh, well. For, for, P for princess. There you go. <laughs> Well, uh, there are a few episodes, a few princesses in today's episode. I'm glad that I did that segue and then bungled it completely. <laughs> yeah, and we, and we eventually got there. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's it's a princess palooza today, uh, as the uh, princess alliance goes on their first real mission together. So let's chat about Shira season one episode nine. No princess left behind. <laughs> It's funny that you say their first mission to me while the very next episode they are like, that's the last one. <laughs> I know it doesn't stick. I know it changes back, but still. Yeah. It, it's a little strange doing these like right back to back. But at the same time, like weren't these episodes all like put on Netflix at the same time? Like, yeah, they, they were, sure like, were. The series yeah, was like, released put, like, a season at a time. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> Yeah, it does feel, maybe it's just the nature of this show, but it doesn't super feel like we're moving towards a season finale. I mean, I would have expected something like today's episode to be the season finale, mine specifically, but it's yeah, just another like, thing that happens, like, you know? Like if, like if they like had like more, I don't want to say filler, but like more episodes before they started leading up to like recruiting the rest of the princesses, or like they like would recruit them and then do like a like little adventure with one of them afterwards yeah exactly and then and then like princess prom would have been like the like the second to last episode of the season and then the princess left behind would have been the final one that that feels like that would be more in line of what this probably should have worked out as in a sense well it definitely would have been a more traditional dramatic structure um yeah I mean, don't get me wrong, I like the series. I wouldn't have pushed so hard for us to cover it if I didn't. I just, it yeah, does feel it a little weird, and I kind of wonder if part of that is because this is Andy's first TV show. Or, sorry, Nate. Nate's first TV show. Yeah, because they're Nate now, yeah. I mean, hey, for what it's worth, I mean, the next episode is also weird because it really does strike back to, like, really, like, pre first season early Owl House where it's just cutting between different groups of characters all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> so true. We'll get there. I mean, so many of my paragraphs here are just like, yep, yeah, but then we cut right back to those other guys. <laughs> it's like, it's it's very weirdly structured, the next one. Yeah, that does happen a couple of times in mine, but I kind of... Like, they're small enough M that I mostly though, just yeah. skip them entirely because they're just, there's no point to talking about them. <laughs> yeah. But, yes. So, uh, no princess left behind. We open in the Fright Zone, where Catra is just swinging around the Sword of Protection and talking about how cool it is. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, she's also bragging about how she did more damage to the Rebellion than anyone else. Even Shadow Weaver, just, like, right in front of Shadow Weaver, you know. Uh... This is dumb, in my opinion. Shadow Weaver has physically attacked you before, and you cannot protect yourself from her shadow magic. Stop being mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, Hordak comes on the video screen because they have Zoom in this castle, and he congratulates Shadow Weaver because she's done such a good job of capturing the Princess of Bright Moon. They're going to hold her hostage in exchange for Angela, which usually isn't super how hostage ransom goes, but sure, whatever, I guess. Uh, um, 
he says that Shadow Weaver has proved her worth and just kind of hangs up on her as Catra starts yelling about how she's the one who caught Glimmer. And the thing is, because she is under Shadow Weaver's command, everything she does is Shadow Weaver's idea. And so she gets the credit for it. It's yeah. just like a regular job. <laughs> yeah, my, my straight up first note here is Shadow Weaver and Hardak are every shitty boss who profits from the hard work of others. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Hordak is the leader, but, like, Shadow Weaver does not deserve any of the credit here because, like, she's tried different things and just fucked up repeatedly. Yeah. And, like, Catra tried one thing and, well, yeah, and succeeded. Aside from the the Seagate, but I guess the Seagate was, like, a different thing. Because that was also un still under Shadow Weaver's commands. Like, she told her to go there. Yeah, so. like, honestly, at this point, we don't know anything about Hordak or what he does. We've seen him twice, and both times he's just been kind of sitting around waiting to praise somebody. Yeah. So, like, I, I, I don't know, know if that's a good boss to work for or not, if he's just so hands-off. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I definitely have heard things that we do find out a lot more about him as the series goes on, obviously. No, that's very true. I'm just trying to keep uh, player knowledge out of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yes, so um, after the credits, we cut to Bright Moon, where uh, Angela is sitting at the dining table, basically just beating herself up, saying that she should never have let Glimmer leave the castle, which is not the reaction to this, but she is frustrated and has decided to give herself up in the hopes that the Horde will free her daughter. She is signing away the rebellion in hopes that Glimmer will go free. Adora is pretty upset about this, saying that they cannot trust the Horde, but Angela says they don't have much of a choice because since they don't have She-Ra either, they don't have a way to save Glimmer, which, like, way to underestimate the alliance you've been putting together. Yeah, and also, like, Angela's own power. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like, she's an immortal angel lady. Like, yeah, I mean, you literally have, like, a bunch of warlocks. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, obviously, you don't have any clerics for healing and stuff, but you still got a bunch of, like, magic people. Yeah, yeah. Um, Adora does insist that she can save them, which I do emphasize there because no one else has even mentioned Bo. They're only talking about Glimmer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, to be fair, Bo is kind of just a guy that hangs around Glimmer. He's, <laughs> he's not, like, he's not nobility or royalty or anything. He's just a dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, Glimmer is literally the princess of an immortal angel person, so... I guess. They kind of do put more emphasis on her, unfortunately. What is... <laughs> If she's her daughter, how come Glimmer doesn't have, like, full wings in, like, coming ever back? Well, she's got the little tattoos. Um, yeah, but is, is it, like, is, like, is it is it kind of like a half-elf situation where, it's like, she doesn't get the full effect of both uh, or something? This is... I don't think it's something that's ever explicitly covered in the series, but I would suggest that Angela is actually just a human and that the angel thing is, like, her manifestation of her connection to the Moonstone. So I, I think maybe it's just slightly different for everyone who connects oh, to it okay. rather than... <laughs> so what you're really saying is that she just has a different subclass of Warlock. <laughs> yeah, basically. I think it's, like... I mean, because Glimmer definitely does finally get her Hexblade abilities in this episode based on the fact that she punches somebody, <laughs> which is, like, yeah, that's straight up a Hexblade thing since you're going into melee. Yeah. No other warlock would. Because <laughs> why would you? So yeah. I, I guess really, like, uh, Angela is a warlock of the Archfey, maybe. <laughs> well, what I would suggest about Angela is, like, you know sometimes you take a race and then fluff it elsewhere? 
I think yeah. Angela is like somebody took a winged tiefling and then just said they were playing a human. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it is for lore reasons, but you get all the... <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I got to customize that bit of my origin, but I still get all the nice winged tiefling nonsense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which, like, God, winged tiefling is so fucking overpowered and broken. <laughs> <laughs> But, yes, so, uh, Adoric does say that she can use her knowledge of the Fright Zone to save them, which, good, like, this is, I think, the first time that anyone has thought of using what Adora knows to actually do something against the Horde. Yeah, yeah, nobody has ever brought this up before, like, oh, she's actually indispensable because she knows this stuff, because she's literally worked <laughs> with them for the last 17 years of her life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, she heads off to have a good cry, and is interrupted by the arrival of the Princess Alliance and also Seahawk. He's an honorary princess, he's allowed. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why, but for some reason Spinarella, Natasa, and Frosta are not here, so... Well, I mean, Frosta hasn't joined the Alliance's thing, just because of like the last episode. That's true, but she did but, see Glimmer kidnapped out from under her nose. You would think she would have a... She did, yeah. But also, we didn't see how Ghidorah actually got down from the side of the wall, so I guess maybe somebody else took her away and Frosta actually didn't see that shit. <laughs> yeah. Know? I don't know. I just, like, her whole deal was maintaining the uh, the integrity and honor of the princess prom. I feel like if someone gets kidnapped out of your prom, you have an obligation to... <laughs> yeah, a little bit, but then she's also, like... If she did that, then it's like, well, I fully had decided to act against the Horde. I'm now stuck with these people like, against my other wishes, I guess. I guess. No, explanation, no explanation for why Natasha and Spinnerella ain't here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no idea. It's like, they're the OG members of the Alliance. Maybe just nobody texted them. <laughs> <laughs> but we cut to the Fright Zone prison, where Kyle is bringing Bo his meal for the day, but he drops it on the floor when a hole in the cell force field closes too quickly and zaps him. Uh, Bo asks his name and does a little empathizing with him when Kyle points out that no one talks to him. And eventually, uh, Bo asks if Kyle know where Glimmer is, because no one will tell Bo if she is okay. Then he immediately just pushes way too hard, going from is she okay to pass her a secret message you have to within a few seconds. <laughs> Yeah, like that definitely has not like gotten to know Kyle enough to get Kyle to trust him to do that. <laughs> yeah, like once you see that Kyle needs a friend, befriending him is definitely a strategy. But this is like, Bo has no patience. <laughs> mm -hmm. Also, apparently the Horde stole his suit jacket because he's just in the collared shirt and untied bow tie. <laughs> yeah, he just straight up has like his midriff showing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he always does. He's Bo. But he was wearing a suit jacket sure. over that shirt last episode, and now it's gone. <laughs> um, back in Bright Moon, the Princess Alliance planning meeting is not going super well. They are just arguing over who should be represented by what objects on their model map. Um, yeah, yeah, you just like any tabletop group of like, uh, you got these fucking assorted random minis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, these ones are skeletons. Why do they have wings? Do the skeletons have wings? No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, uh, I mean, as we, as we see with the ones that uh, Bo made of Adora himself and Glimmer for Adora, I guess. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, t pity you don't have Bo at the moment, because he can just make minis of everybody exactly, and then you wouldn't have this problem. Yeah, Bo would love Warhammer for sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, roughly the plan is for Perfuma and Entrapta to get into the Horde's security tower via the scrapyard entrance. 
where they will kill the yard lights, while Mermista goes through the sewers to get into the building and open the door, and Seahawk and Adora take out any guards at the door, at which point they all regroup and go in after Mermista opens the door. Uh, Seahawk says that it's a great plan, which really means that they should think about it some more, because... <laughs> yeah, they should also probably be having this meeting with Angela, because, like... I, I keep is it Angela or Angela? Angela, Angela yeah. Angela, whatever. <laughs> but like, they should probably be having this conversation with the queen to actually get authorization to go on this mission because they never like. I mean, Oladora said is I'll figure out a way <laughs> to get them back. He never actually consulted her, being like, "This is our plan. Do you sign off on this to give us permission to go?" Yeah, she's so going she full kinda, rogue here. She, yeah, she kind of does a bit of an insubordination here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's a she's a loose cannon, and we can't gotta take her badge. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, so they, did. they took the sword, they took the sword back already, so they already took away her badge in a sense. Yeah, I just this doesn't like it's half a plan at best. You, yeah, you get to the door, not the jail, not the cells. You just get to the door, and then you don't have an exit strategy. Yeah, th th their yeah their plan so far is well. Here's how we can get in. And then it's like, all right, what do we do when we get in? Yeah. <laughs> Wing it. Hope for the best. <laughs> Fuck it. We will find out later in the episode that Adora has more of a plan, but she hasn't shared it with anyone else at this point, so... <laughs> mm -hmm. We cut to Mermista just sort of grumbling her way through the sewer when some sort of enormous sewer turbine turns on and pulls her off track. I don't think sewers usually have those, but whatever. <laughs> Yeah, no, but also, like, any time that somebody has to go through the sewers, it's always gross. <laughs> yeah. And she's not swimming. She is just walking through yeah, she, shin-deep yeah, yeah, water. She, she, has, she has not turned into her, like, mermaid form with her, like, fins on her legs. She is just a fuck, like, just fucking walking. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, Marissa, you're, you're, you're clearly the character in the party that actually has a swim speed that's not, like... 10 or whatever the default <laughs> is why are you why are you choosing to use your walking speed <laughs> but yeah back at the front gate uh, adora gives the signal to kill the lights and entrapta is just so busy being enthralled by horde technology that she misses that signal entirely uh at which point seahawk blows uh his cover and adora has to take out the guards alone <laughs> At which point they realize that the door isn't open and something must have held Mermista up. Your plan has immediately fallen apart. Good job, everyone. <laughs> yep. Uh, while Adora is hiding the unconscious guards, uh, Scorpia approaches the gate to find Seahawk just kind of standing there playing with his mustache. <laughs> and he does bluff her by pretending he's the Horde Inspector, which does actually work because she is the sweetest and most naive person to ever exist. Yeah, like, uh, Scorpia is just full head empty, no thoughts. <laughs> yeah, full-on female himbo. Um, and yeah, she takes him away to go inspect the rest of the Fright Zone to see if it's up to code. <laughs> uh, Perfuma arrives with Entrapta tied up in vines because she had to drag Entrapta here. And she's a little freaked out because she's having trouble difficulty... Or she's having difficulty expressing how hard it is for her to work with Entrapta because she's trying to be nice. Like... You can imagine it being, like, the scenario between... Let's go back to Seahawk and Scorpio real quick. That it's, like, Seahawk rolled a 2 on his deception, but she rolled a nat 1 on, an, on insight. <laughs> she like, deliberately well, chose to fail the insight. Yeah, well, she like, didn't even roll it. 
No, it's it's like the player is like, I've got I've got this guys. Don't worry, I know how to lie my way through this. And meanwhile, they 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 are like it's like uh if you watch Star Star Galaxy when Lou has uh like he's trying to make a like a persuasion to get a guy to hire them, and he phrases it in such a bad way that Brennan gives him disadvantage on the roll when he was just rolling <laughs> straight. <laughs> it's like basically that where it's like you rolled so bad, like you you, you phrase it so bad that you get disadvantage on this check and still manage to beat her just because you happen to roll one or chose to fail it <laughs> yeah she definitely chose to fail this um let's see yes uh, adora is also a little bit freaked out at this point because her plan isn't working which you know understandable but this is when the alarm goes off and the gate opens because apparently the alarm goes off every time the gate opens which is something you should have realized in advance imo uh Mermista has finally made it through um, so they're going through the halls, and this is when Adora reveals that her plan is to hack the Horde database and find out where Glimmer and Bo are. So apparently Adora can hack computers now. Yeah, she, she just has the skill. Also, I just remembered they actually did use her knowledge of the Horde once before, and it was actually the episode when Perfume was introduced, because they did sneak into that other Horde base. That is true. That is that true. One went way that one went way better. <laughs> but I, also, that's a, that's a remote Horde base. That's not the heart of the Fright Zone, I guess. I don't know if it did go better, because they basically just knocked a couple of guys out and put on their suits and then walked in and immediately got caught yeah i guess it was more it was more thought out than this of we'll get in and then and then question mark yeah yeah like that one was at least we'll get in and find the machine and destroy it even though it's like it didn't get that far <laughs> but yes so once adora re finishes revealing that she has the power to hack computers uh they realize that entrapta has disappeared because she has wandered off after a robot you know like you do and finds one of the uh large horde combat bots waiting for her glimmer is in shadow weaver's room being restrained by some sort of red electricity thing that shocks her when she tries to move apparently this also stops her from teleporting uh this is where shadow weaver reveals that her power is the black garnet rune stone which it, scorpia did mention giving to the horde earlier and that uh it doesn't apparently get along well with the moonstone and so it's interfering with glimmer's teleports um she does tell glimmer that angela angela is going to turn herself in tonight and taunts her about how much the rebellion has hurt her family and bringing up king micah glimmer does say that she that Shira will come to rescue her, but Shadow Weaver just shows her that they have the sword as well when gloats. <laughs> it you know, they're it's hard not to in this situation. It feels like she's won. But uh I mean yeah, fully. <laughs> elsewhere, uh Seahawk has completed his inspection of the Fright Zone, which must have been pretty surface level, because he didn't have very long at all. And he tells Scorpia that they passed wonderfully, they didn't have a single OSHA violation. And... As he pulls a pipe out by accident just by leaning against it. <laughs> mm -hmm. But as he tries to leave, she finally recognizes him as the, the guy who was with that mermaid at prom. Uh, his immediate reaction is to try and seduce her, but uh, it's not going to work. She's a giant lesbian, my man. Uh, a panel lights up, warning him to duck, and Scorpia just gets excited to see a duck because she's the sweetest. And Entrapta arrives with a horde bot she met and clobbers Scorpia. <laughs> Yeah, Scorpion is full dead here. <laughs> like, I get that she has, like, you know, Scorpion armor playing in a tail and everything. She 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 gets fucking hit by this thing and goes, gets fucking yeeted like, 20 feet into the air. She is dead. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
But yeah, um, Adora, or sorry, Entrapta does say she had no idea who she was going to hit with this. So it was just luck that she got Scorpio. That's fun. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you uh, roll a attack roll against two people that are next to each other. Maybe sometimes a DM has to make you uh, potentially hit your friend instead. Mm-hmm. Or Especially the case, if or in they're the, both invisible. Or in the case... Or in the case of uh, in our uh, tabletop game just last night, uh, if you're getting attacked by a giant, like, 20-foot-tall uh, crazed alien creature and nothing, like, guns aren't working on it and there's, like, a person unconscious, sometimes people are just going to have to be like, okay, well, that guy's fucked anyway and throw grenades at it to hope for the best <laughs> and maybe accidentally kill their friend in the process. <laughs> that definitely happened. That was not one of our characters that died or threw it. It was just NPCs that were trying to help us, like, hunt the giant alien. <laughs> it's like, well, shit happens. Sometimes you die when you go hunting for aliens that you want to turn into into uh, apocalypse drugs. Because that's exactly why they did that. <laughs> they like harvest parts of it to turn into, fantasy, into like apocalypse drugs. <laughs> Goodness. It's like, sure, okay. <laughs> Sometimes you die doing so. Ah. Our campaign is weird. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's right up like a, basically a spoof of Fallout. I mean, we literally were dealing with a vault, and we recently had the had a run-in with the feudal states of America, which are just basically exactly what the fascists want the states like America to be. <laughs> <clears throat> well, um, back inside, Adora has hacked a panel. Off-screen, I might add. We have no concept of how long this took her to do it mm-hmm. and she found Bo's cell but uh, she can't find Glimmer she's not in the system and a horde bot approaches them in the hall but it's Entrapta with the bot who she has renamed Emily they are upset with her visibly but she just does not pick up on that she has no conception of emotional cues I guess um, so we move to the cell block where Entrapta is just thrilled to get to work with a prison control system because I guess she just likes all computers, which I know she's into machines, but I cannot imagine a more boring machine than a computer that controls the doors in a jail. I, I, th- I guess I read it more like, I mean, she's had to try to like cobble together as much tech as she can living in the fantasy world, and now all of a sudden she's in like a sci-fi area where the computers are actually like properly designed and stuff rather than what she could cobble together on her own i guess that's fair but she has like actual full computers you know it... she, she does make a bunch of robots yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah is, is her is she does she actually have like magical powers like the rest of the princesses is it just that her magic power is technomancy or something i'm pretty sure her magic power is her prehensile hair Oh, okay. that would also track, yeah, considering nobody else has hair that can be used as limbs. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, not everybody's power is going to line up with their personality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, she, she just bought the extra limbs power, and it just takes the place of, it just takes the form of hair instead of, like, a tail or extra arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so even though this is just the most boring computer imaginable, she's thrilled, um... It basically runs the elevator to the cells. This cell block is like, uh, it's a panopticon, basically. The, the guard tower is in the middle of it, and the cells ring it, and the elevators go up to the individual levels. Um, we cut to Bo, who is just trying to punch his way through the cell force field, which, <laughs> it's admirable, but it's not going to work, my dude. <laughs> uh, Kyle shows up to tell him where Glimmer is. Kyle is actually cutting duty because Lonnie put him on latrines right now, but he just wanted to warn Bo that Glimmer is going to be ransomed for the Queen tonight, and uh, 
When asked why they're talking, he explains that Bo is the first person who ever listened to him. Earlier, it kind of seemed like Bo was deliberately being friendly toward Kyle, but here he just is absolutely not into it, and specifically says that he's only listening because he has no choice. <laughs> yep, he does straight up say that, and Kyle is too... Kyle has not bought up his intelligence score, so he doesn't realize what he just said. Yeah. It's very... I get that you're on opposite teams, but you were friendly a moment ago, my man. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yes, so the princesses get on what I will call the Celevator, but it stops right in front of Lonnie and Regelio, and Lonnie is big mad that Adora is here. Uh, she jumps on the Celevator as well, the motion of which knocks Perfuma off the platform, but she's able to make some vines and Seahawk can catch her, and he's pulling her up while she, uh, Lonnie and Adora fight. Lonnie demands to know why Adora thinks she can just come back here, and Adora does say that she needs to save her friends, and Lonnie reminds her that they were her friends once, but they're definitely trying to murder each other, so it's not as impactful as it could be, I think. Also, just seeing how, like, these people, like, reacted and treated, like, Katra and everything, it's like, I don't think they actually were friends, they were more co-workers that tolerated each other, in a sense, <laughs> and... I don't know. I, I, I guess it's just because, like, Lonnie is kind of, like, a bit character, I guess, for the most part here, that it's, like, yeah, no, I don't I don't see where it's, like, you and Adora were friends, because, like, you didn't really interact much past, like, the training exercise, at least from what we saw so far. Well, I mean, maybe I'm reading into it, and maybe I'm remembering stuff from future seasons. I don't know for sure, but the read I get on it is that basically everybody liked Adora and was friends with her and that Catra was like the odd one out. It, it, yeah, it's just Catra who's the asshole that nobody liked. Exactly, yeah. And like tolerated just because she was friends like friends slash gay with Adora. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could see that considering Adora is like the competent one of all of them, which is saying a lot considering that we constantly see Adora not know shit. Although to be fair, a lot of it is her not knowing shit about her magical powers, which... To be fair, she only got, like, two weeks ago. Yeah, it's not like they came with an instruction manual. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like, uh... It'd be like, uh, trying to hold that against Luz for not knowing, like, magic for the first week or so that she's in the Boiling Isles. When it's like, yeah, because she's a human and she hasn't figured it out and she doesn't have a biosac. That's not her fault. Yeah. Well, more, though, because not only is she a human and doesn't have a biosac, but also there is no other witches around who can tell her what to do. <laughs> Yeah, literally nobody else knows how to actually teach her anything because of that. Yeah. But, um, so Regelio takes a flying leap from where he is into the control room, which really just makes the whole Panopticon setup pointless if people can jump that. Well, I feel like most people can't. He's literally a big lizard man. Some people are big lizard guys. It's fine. True, true. But most of the big lizard people are in the horde. They're not the kind of people that would be in the prison cells in the horde. I guess. Like so far from what we've seen of like people that are part of the rebellion, they look mostly just like regular humanoids for the most part, compared to like the variety of races in the horde. That's true. Yeah. But he starts um tussling with Entrapta and Mermista to keep him away from the controls, and the platform just starts wildly going up and down thanks to the fight in the control room, and, uh, while they do, Kyle is still talking to Bo, and he says that the people in the Horde don't think he can do anything right, which they're correct at this point. Yes, you haven't done anything right. (laughs) Proven to be uh, spot on there with what they think of you, Kyle, considering that you are skipping your duties to chat with a prisoner and tell him where his friend is. (laughs) And he also says that no one has ever asked for his help before, which I guess is why he likes Bo. 
it, Bo is so clearly not into it, but he's forced to listen, which I guess is all Kyle needs. <laughs> um, Kyle, Kyle just needs a shoulder to cry on. <laughs> Poor boy. Yeah. Hey, at least he gets uh, covered in the voice actors this week because he's the only new character. Like, well, not the only new character, but the only character I actually think of to have anything in trivia <laughs> because there's nothing else in trivia for those two weeks <laughs> or this, <laughs> these two episodes. He's pretty fucking prolific voice actor. We'll get there eventually, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, they're having this conversation and Bo spots the elevators in the background and he tries to keep Kyle talking by... You know, asking him how much trouble could he possibly get in for just talking, but Kyle just kind of diverts to say he's impressed with how brave Bo is after he tried to save Glimmer at Princess Prom, and he asks if they can be friends, because if Kyle can be friends with Bo, then maybe he can be brave too. Because uh, Kyle was one of the two disguised guards that Bo ta- like, jump-tackled, right? Yeah, he sure was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because uh, Regalia wasn't there because he's a big lizard guy. Yep. But yeah, it was him, it was Kyle and Lani, yeah. <laughs> Which he has tracks, I mean, it's like, yeah, he saw first hand because he saw Bo literally jump tackle him and try to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> uh, up in the control room, Entrapta and Romista pull off a combo move to throw Rogelio out the window at Lonnie, and they both do die from just sheer blunt force of being yeah, thrown yeah, at each other. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, the, the sheer force of uh, getting hit with that big water jet and crashing into each other and then falling off the elevator. Yeah, no, they're dead yeah. too. <laughs> well, see, because what happens next is that Seahawk arrives at Bo's cell where he just picks Kyle up and throws him 50 feet in the air to land on top of the other ones. Yeah, and Kyle's also dead. So, so many characters dead this episode. Scorp- Scorpia and the whole B-Squad. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, well, Seahawk is a 30-year-old man, and I'm like, nope, he is not. That's Entrapta. <laughs> Whoops. Seahawk is just ridiculously strong. Like, we haven't yeah. seen a lot from him, but... And sure, Kyle probably doesn't weigh a lot, but I personally could not throw 100 pounds 50 feet in the air. That would be... <laughs> yeah, like, because I was about to say that it's like, well, Seahawk is a 30-year-old man, and then went, no, oh, wait, no, that's Entrapta that I'm thinking of. Yeah, no, Seahawk's 19. <laughs> that's Seahawk. <laughs> Seahawk is just a very small 19-year-old. He's got a strength of 20. <laughs> Kyle's a small-sized creature somehow. That's why he looks so old. It's because he maxed out his strength score, and so his body doesn't match his head. Yeah, it's like when you do the, um, the, the sliders in like a Dark yeah. Souls game. <laughs> so Bo and Adora hug. Uh, he tells her where Glimmer is being kept, which is the Black Garnet Chamber, and... The alarms are going off now, so everything is starting to get a little more wild, but Entrapta gets them through a door, which leads to the hangar, where Adora wants the princesses to steal a skiff. The way to the hangar is ascent- is blocked by a series of what are essentially airlocks, for some reason, uh, each of which has to be sealed and then purged for the next one to move. So, like, you have to do them in order to keep moving forward. Uh, she doesn't go with them, though, because she's heading back for Glimmer while the others escape. Uh... She surrenders and is taken to Shadow Weaver. Shadow Weaver fires Catra on the spot. <laughs> yep. She's like, well, Adora's back, so we got our force captain back again. Goodbye. <laughs> it is so brutal. Back your like Not mm-hmm. an ounce of hesitation. Nope. <laughs> just Adora being in the room is enough to justify firing Catra. It's awful. But... Yeah, Ketra is unsurprisingly less than happy about this. 
So mm-hmm. she leaves as Adora offers herself as a trade for Glimmer, but Shadow Weaver just says she's going to wipe Adora's memories and make her a Horde soldier again with no knowledge of She-Ra or her friends. Uh, you know, maybe I, I thought of this where it's like, with all the shows we talked about covering after this, it's like, are any of those shows that we talked about a situation where there's not an abusive parent? <laughs> because we dealt with abusive parents a lot in Owl House and now also in this show. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's like, I mean, like, one of the biggest ones I brought up was Steven Universe, and it's like, oh, wait, yeah, there's, a, there's, bad, there's a lot of bad parenting in that show. <laughs> Rose Quartz is a jackass. <laughs> and she's not even around to, 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 like, to, like, to Team Steven stuff. He's, she's just a dick. <laughs> uh, oh, that show. There's so much in that fucking show to talk about. <laughs> Maybe we'll get to one point. Yeah, I'm sure we will. It is our mandate to talk about the gay cartoons. <laughs> yep. I mean, there is also that. It's like, we were like, well, we should stick to, like, queer cartoons, right? And it's like, okay, well, a lot of queer cartoons that have released in the last uh, handful of years definitely also have bad parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of part of the reason of why there's queer stuff in it, I guess, because some parents are just shit. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> it, it's It's rough. I would like to get to a queer show that didn't have bad parents, but I guess we'll have to see if that exists. I, I, I guess DuckTales kind of counts, but there's only, like, a few queer characters, and, like, most of them are just implied. Mm-hmm. Not, like, I mean, like, uh, obviously, like, Violet's dads are, like, in one episode, and they both have, a, like, shirts that say, I'm with dad, so it's like, okay, well, at least there's that, but also Violet's, like... It, she, she's important, but she's a side character in in the group and everything. She's she only really gets introduced in I think like midway through season two, from what I remember. So it's like she's not around for a, a lot of the show, unfortunately. But it's like none of the main yeah. cast are queer, unless unless you really want to like read into like Webby and uh, Lena a lot, which I mean yes, <laughs> <laughs> hard not to. Hmm. Um, glimmer tries to teleport again and i guess she does it with so much force she's using all of her powers she manages to break out of the prison thing and just absolutely clobbers shadow weaver with a diving punch shadow weaver clearly is a wizard she has no hit points (laughs) oh yeah no like uh glimmers uh decides to upcast misty step for some reason (laughs) i mean i guess as a warlock she's using uh she's upcasting it anyway but she's like using like a special rule here where it's like well you could you could go ahead and uh, burn this to do a little bit better i guess but you don't have to yeah (laughs) yeah um she frees adora now that shadow weaver is just unconscious and they just sort of hobble away together they do not make any move to steal the black garnet, even though it's just right there. Um, oh, it's a big fucking crystal. <laughs> kind of hard to get away with that. Yeah, but, like, Adora would know that Shadow Weaver channels it through the chunk in her mask, right? They could just... Break the mask, yeah. <laughs> or steal it, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so the princesses are going through these airlocks. They're going through the last one out into the hangar bay, uh, and uh, Emily the robot gets stuck by a USB cord, somehow. <laughs> but, yeah, Entrapta goes back for her, and though the other princesses yell not to, that she gets in there and the door slam closed and it purges. It turns out the purge is fire. It's just green yep. fire that fills the chamber. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, What? 
possible purpose <laughs> could this serve outside of killing horde soldiers there's no reason for this that, that i feel like that is the reason <laughs> just to be like all right have you fucking learned anything did you read the manual nope well <laughs> don't gotta deal with you anymore you insubordinate little guy it's i don't know yeah it's pretty and this awful is, and this is just on the way to the garage <laughs> uh-huh yeah you gotta go through this every time you want to use a car <laughs> Adora and it's, Katra did this in episode one when they stole the skiff and left. I guess it's implied they did, yeah. <laughs> but also they were not having to flee for their lives and dealing with a timer. Well, that's true, but according to Adora, each of the doors only stays open for a couple seconds, so I think that's always the thing. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I, it's a very like stupid like uh, video gamey design here where it's like oh the way out is like definitely more hazardous than the way in for some reason but you can't go back the way you came in. <laughs> uh, yeah. So even though Adora and Glimmer go out a different way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean they didn't have to go through this way because the other princesses are already stolen a truck. So. <laughs> right, but. But why couldn't the rest of the princes escape the same way Adora and Glimmer go and then just go from the outside to steal the skiff? Because <laughs> obviously there's a way to get the skiff out from the essentially the hangar, I guess, to where they meet them. <laughs> so unless unless I guess maybe the hangar is like raised up in the air so they just wouldn't be able to reach it from up below. Or just really even well protected, e- maybe. Even, even, even though they have Perfuma and can easily get up there because she has magic plant stuff. <laughs> could just grab themselves and pull them up like willow (laughs) (sighs) but yeah they uh entrapta and emily get purged and the others just look on in horror (laughs) rip Uh, yep we're dead entrapta is in the intro to the show if she dies right here in episode nine well you gotta commemorate her yeah i guess it's it's like colson and the avengers (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Like that death at least is like way more believable than it actually would have happened because you do see the man get stabbed. This at least you just see the door close and like get the illusion of the fire. Which again, they they don't really explain how that doesn't actually stick in the next episode. Because <laughs> obviously we're gonna be talking about it and Jonathan's not dead. <laughs> again, weird to put these two together, but that's how our timing is with doing two episodes. And it's like, well, this would have been a lot different if this was like a season finale. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. And trapped a super dead. She's never coming back. Um. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I, I guess I just had a lapse in memory there. Uh, weird. I'm looking at my notes for the next episode, and for some reason I wrote Entrapta in it a lot. Oh, that's strange. Yeah. I wonder why yeah, they do it's that. Yeah, weird. Mm, can't say. But yeah, um, Adora is now running Glimmer through the halls when they come to a sealed door. Uh, Glimmer tries to port through it, but her powers are broken. She just gets hurt and doesn't go anywhere. She burned all her class levels to get out of that trap, is what I'm saying. Um, yeah, all, all, she burned all those... Like, yeah, so I guess it's not she used a higher level spell slot. The GM allowed her to burn all her spell slots on a Mitzi step to get out. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then she did an Arnhem strike using her charisma because she finally got her. Uh, for some reason, she's a level one warlock, but didn't have her hexblade abilities to either use hex warrior to have her charisma instead of her strength or dex for uh, making attack rolls. Maybe she just didn't know she had that ability. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her character like her character has been like on multiple adventures so far, and she's like, wait a sec, there's like the subclass abilities. What? <laughs> <laughs> I can cast shield and rifle smite now using my spell slots because of my expanded spell list. Huh. Well. Like, so this is just a personal pet peeve thing, but within Universe, I often find it hard to explain why things happened with a character. Like, yeah. <laughs> for instance, my character at the current level took the, the feat uh, Gift of the Chromatic Dragon. So how in the world are they supposed to know yeah, that they can turn it, things on it, fire like, now? Like, Yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, if... It, taking like a few like sh like a uh, fate touch makes sense if you're playing like an elf or half elf because they literally are like descended from fae <laughs> so it's like that that tracks but it's like if you're playing like a tiefling or a half orc and you choose that and you haven't been dealing with like a lot of like fae stuff it's like well how'd this happen well no i just mean like on a a personal biological level I could absolutely potentially have the ability to set my weapons on fire and just never know it because I wouldn't know how to trigger that. How does a character figure yeah. out that that's something they can do? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's like, you, you think about stuff like that, and then it's like, you also have to consider the fact that, like, when my group played 5e for the first time, I mean, like, my character literally died in the first session, and by the end of the series, she was able to live for, like, another 400 years because she hit level 20... Well, she was at level 20 druid by the end. <laughs> but, like, somehow she just knew that, like, high-level druids can live, like, ten times as long, even though back when she first became a druid, she didn't. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, well, also, I can manage to, like, give a person eight hours of insight into the future by casting the best spell in the game. <laughs> okay, well, see, that's, that's a little different to me, because casting a spell is one thing, but when it's an inherent ability that you've never used before and suddenly you have it that's hard to <laughs> yeah I, I guess yeah there was different like that like when i switched out shillelagh for uh uh produce flame since shillelagh does not scale <laughs> and it's a bad cantrip <laughs> <laughs> turns out you don't really want to uh, be entering melee combat a lot as the only healer of the party <laughs> when it's like you could have taken uh, literally other any other cantrip and done comparable damage <laughs> Yeah, I have the same problem with superhero stories a lot, because a lot of the times you'll get, I don't know, just somebody gets new powers, and within 15 minutes they have a costume and they're flying around saving the day. You know, it's not, there's no yeah. learning process. They just, oh, so well, I can I, fire I, I beams guess... out of my eyes? This is how I do that, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess it also depends on, like, the medium, because, like, I remember uh, the original, like, few, like, Miss Marvel comics with uh, Kamala Khan, like, she had the practice to figure out yeah, her, like, absolutely. That's what I powers. Want. Yeah, and like we we had that a little bit in our uh, the campaign we played before this recent this current one where it was a superhero campaign where it's like oh our characters had to like actually practice and stuff like like I mean like it was like very much a silly thing where it's like yeah after maybe like a few days my character finally accidentally like flicks on their like robotic horse armor and just sort of like what the fuck is this <laughs> like as their girlfriend they're buying like what the fuck. <laughs> Like, huh, I guess this is a thing I could do <laughs> after having the practice for a little bit to figure out that they can actually, like, extend their legs out because they also had robot legs now. Yeah. So all of that there... to say, uh, I think Glimmer had just never tried punching anyone before. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, she's like, well, I've got Eldritch Blast. Why would I take anything else? It's like, but Glimmer, your character didn't even take fucking Agonizing Blast. <laughs> I can't, I don't need it. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so, um, Katra approaches from the other end of the hall, and she's using the Sword of Protection to just carve a groove down the hallway, which is rude, but whatever. And then she just gives the sword back to Adora. Uh, she's helping them escape, and insists that it's not because she likes Adora. Uh, she just wants Shadow Weaver to get in trouble. <laughs> which is both a truth and a lie, because she definitely likes Adora. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She definitely wants to get uh, Shadow Weaver in trouble, though. At this point, I'm not super sure how much Catra realizes that about herself, but yeah, she she definitely just wants to get Shadow Weaver in trouble right now. Yeah, it's gonna gonna take her quite some time still to realize she's queer. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, turning into Shira, Adora is able to slash through that sealed door and get them outside to the others, where they take off on the skiff, and find out that Entrapta got burns to death. The end. <laughs> Whoops. It's honestly just a super bleak ending. This this is yeah. why I say this episode should have been a season finale is because it ends on just yeah it, it, Adora it is feels... upset and she loses her Shira transformation because she realizes yeah. that Entrapped is dead and it's her fault and it's so much yeah, like like at a minimum this probably would have been like the second to last episode of the season and then like I know like the Battle of Bright Moon is like the season finale it's like feels like that would be like the season finale and after this and then or something yeah. or you know like you said this would be like the season finale and then maybe lead into like one of the shorter seasons when the battle brightening would have been like the season two finale yeah exactly so it, it's it's a it's a bit weird structurally <sighs> yeah but uh you know there you go princesses not working together gets princesses burns to death <laughs> by horrific fire yep. machines <laughs> Yep, they had they had one mission ever, and then they're like, "Well, we fucked up entirely." <laughs> well-oiled machine. Ah, yeah, the fire-burning machine certainly is well-oiled. Is that the episode title of a well-oiled machine that burns you to death? Oiled with the blood of our enemies. <laughs> yes, it is. Do we have anything else about that episode, or should uh, we go into the next one? No, I really don't have anything else here. Okay. And I guess we'll just continue on with episode 10, The Beacon, which opens on the group just parking the skiff in the woods and Adora blaming herself for what happened. But Mermista retaliates saying that this only happened because they were bothered to be together, which Perfuma agrees that togetherness makes people vulnerable, which is not inaccurate. I mean, obviously opening your heart to other people does make it more vulnerable, but it's also not a really great way to live if you just close yourself off entirely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's also like, it didn't happen because they were together it specifically happened because entrapta kept abandoning the group and running off yeah like i mean i get i get what they're trying to say here of like obviously like the only reason why this happened is because they were working together so obviously when you work together with people like there's more risk of people being casualties i guess <laughs> well Compared i mean that's like... certainly true but if you don't work together then there's going to be a lot of individual casualties yeah it's a thing <laughs> but yeah uh, Glimmer tries to convince uh, Mermista otherwise to no avail, and we get like a little short montage that shows Mermister, Perfuma, and Frosta for some reason isolating themselves from the rest of Etheria, and like during which uh, Perfuma makes the monument entrapped with her plant magic. 
again, it's a little strange that they put Frosty here, but I guess they were also like, well, we like we have like tw like five more seconds in this we kind of film, <laughs> so we'll get show her just making up a bi a big ice wall after the princess prom. I yeah, guess. she sure does bury her entire country under a glacier. <laughs> she does. <laughs> um. <But> yeah, <laughs> it's a bit goofy that she's here, considering she's not part of the group. Like, they could have, like, taken, like, five seconds to show Seahawk instead, just, like, sailing off somewhere by himself or something. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't show up in the montage. Uh, but yeah, the best friend squad arrives back in Bright Moon and are met by Angela, whose name now looks like the name to me because I keep thinking Angela. <laughs> <laughs> and when she notices that Glimmer didn't teleport out of the hug that she was giving her, Glimmer makes up the excuse that she just needs to recharge her powers and does not need to be carried there like you know, like she wants the cars to do. <laughs> uh, Angela... God, fuck, it's gonna always trip me up. It's supposed like when I was at my uh, freaking voice therapy on Friday where when I was practicing that uh, on my own, the start, the word uh, chef started not looking like a real word to me, so I started pronouncing it as chef and brought it up to <laughs> my trainer being like, ah, fuck. <laughs> it's like, it's chef, not chef, you idiot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I digress. Uh, when, uh, yeah, Angela received word about Entrapta somehow, ahead of them, I guess. <laughs> I thought it's your aisle. And she wants answers to know what happened during their unsanctioned mission that she did not sign off on. <laughs> <coughs> but they make up, the group just makes up excuses to just basically get away because Glimmer doesn't want her mom to see her still suffering the after effects of the weird, like, electronic restraint that Shadow Beaver put her in. But she thinks that just simply, like, taking a short rest at the the Moonstone, well, we should take things up with her. <laughs> then we get our first of the very strange uh, shifts over to a different group because we go over to the Fright Zone where Hordak is berating Shadow Weaver for not only losing Glimmer but hiding the information that Adora is She-Ra from him <laughs> while Katra is just like uh, smirking in the background about Shadow Weaver getting in trouble. Yeah, yeah. And, but, but none of them bothers to notice that there is a pair of two pink eyes watching them from a vent. Which then immediately cuts back to Bright Moon. <laughs> uh, again, very weird, uh, like, 20-second-long scenes that we see a lot in the early seasons of Owl House, <laughs> kind of here. Because we just cut to Glimmer recharging while Bo's watching her just try to take a nap, and Adora's just practicing her sword play there at the Moonstone. But Glimmer ends up still glitching out a bit, and it's weird that they just phrase it as glitching out. I get that it's, like, pretty accurate, but I don't know how Glimmer knows the word glitch. <laughs> uh, from Entrapta a few episodes ago when her robots glitched. Ah, uh, true. Okay. This actually makes more sense that she actually knows terminology like that compared to, like, the few times we see, like, characters in The Boiling Oz use human terminology that they would not know about. Yeah, for sure. Although it's worth noting that given the constraints of technology in this universe, it's probable that Entrapta invented the word glitch. <laughs> True. Could be. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like how in Star Wars, Anakin invented the word transgender. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, I, when did, when did, oh, is it because of him turning into a robot man? Uh, no, there's a trans clone who explains to him the whole situation, and he's totally on board with it. And he mentions that she has transcended gender, and that's maybe not the best word, but he'll keep working on it, so. <laughs> I'm guessing this is, like, in a comic or something? It's in a novel, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, Anakin right. canonically right, well, invented the word transgender. <laughs> well, good, good for that, uh, trooper, I guess. 
Darth Vader might be a mass murdering lunatic, but he's not transphobic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like Odell again. <laughs> it's like, yeah, willing to do a lot of shit that gets a lot of people hurt, but not queerphobic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even as we see with the Horde, is like pretty open minded to like uh, various different races. They're not. They're actually better, I guess, than the Empire because the Empire just has humans in all yeah, of like very the true. older Star Wars movies. Yeah, they're <laughs> the ones that have like the variety of races. The, the Rebellion only has humans. It seems like. <laughs> well, they've got um, Celestians and uh, 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 Calamari. Uh, that's true. Yeah. And Bothans, I, even I, if they are off-screen. Well, I, I meant uh, the Rebellion and Shira, not. Oh, oh, <laughs> turns okay. Out, tur- turns out when you have uh, one group that's called the Rebellion in both series, rather than having a like bl- the blank Rebellion <laughs> or whatever. Well, if it makes a difference, the Shira one is um, the Great Rebellion. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's actually better than the Star Wars one, where it's just the Rebellion, and then thirty years later, the Resistance. Yeah. Which why did they have to? Why did they have to change the name? <laughs> well, because Still the Rebellion the... was disbanded. Yeah, but they still run by the same people, and it does the same thing to stop the. Well, I guess it's to stop the Empire 2.0 that just called itself the First Order for some fucking reason. Okay, but see, that's the thing: is that the rebellion disbanded, right? And the generals and the the people who ran the rebellion, they formed the Second Republic. Leia is the only one from the original rebellion outside of Akbar who oh, went on okay. to be part of the Resistance. Fair, and then die. <laughs> yeah, Rip because essentially what happened was the the new government said, "All right, well, uh, we beat the Empire. We're done." And Leia was over here going, "Well, no, the First Order is still out there. We have to." And is, they just ignored her is, entirely, so she quit the government to go be is, a freedom fighter. Is this is this in the uh, the aftermath book? Yeah, it sure is. Okay, because I think I actually have, or I think had the audiobook of it, because I had it on my old uh, audio, uh, like Audible account, but I don't use Audible anymore because fuck Amazon. I use Libro.fm now. Yeah. And I think I, I, I that sounded familiar to me. Yeah, it's like I think it would have been in that book because it's like definitely not mentioned in the movies, but also like I mean the the sequel trilogy does not address a lot like how they had to fucking announce that Palpatine was back and have his broadcast in fucking Fortnite of all things. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> couldn't couldn't bother to take like two minutes out of that almost three hour long movie to just play the audio and have like the rebellion or the the resistance by that point hear it and be like, oh fuck, what? <laughs> uh, such a such a dumb bad way to end that that those sequel series. <laughs> yeah. So, God, that movie sucks. That's still the last movie I saw in theaters before COVID happened, and it might still be the last movie I see in theaters considering <laughs> COVID doesn't want to end. Uh, God damn it! All Whatever. To say that uh, the reason that they were the resistance is because, like every grand rebellion, the leaders of the original rebellion became the government and immediately became corrupt and fat with power. Gotcha. And then they got blown up by a giant laser beam that destroyed the entire uh, system. So I guess they got what they deserved in the end too. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yep. All right. Uh, back to Jira, I guess. After that, like ten minute discussion about Star Wars. Listen, it's an occupational hazard of being on a show with me. Yeah, I mean, hey, to be fair, we did have to cut that like forty minute talk we were talking about Star Wars in like one of the very <laughs> early episodes. Yep. Our preamble was like twice as long in that episode, and we we're like, we need to shave this down and just get rid of the Star Wars talk. Yeah, that was our real longest episode ever, and no one will ever hear it. Yeah. 
I mean, the audio still exists. We could we could uh, put out just the uh, the preamble as an edited episode. Because <laughs> I still have the episode uploaded onto the Google Drive. Maybe <laughs> on the Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> the, the maybe Patreon that we haven't decided yet if we want to do or not. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, uh, getting back to it. Uh, yeah, since Glimmer is still glitching out even after her little rest there, and uh, Adora sees uh, Angela flying up to them, and they immediately like try to like play it off as it's all good and nothing's weird, but then they immediately are like, okay, well, uh, we'll see you later, bye, and just run off again. <laughs> as Angela's just like, I just want to fucking talk, and it's like, eh, <laughs> weird. I get and... that Angela just wants to talk, but she is really forcing this. Like, she kind of is, but at the same time, I do understand that she does want to talk to her daughter about the fact that she literally was just kidnapped and held to ransom and could have been killed. I, no, like, I get it. I really do. But also, your daughter has just been through an extremely traumatic situation, and one of her friends died. Give her a few minutes to decompress. Yeah, like, like yeah, like, maybe give her, like, a day or two, and then maybe she'll come and talk to you. Not even a day. Give ready. her an hour. Just let her be by herself for a oh, while. Oh, she, she got her hour. She got her short rest in. <laughs> we see it i mean she she even had time to change her clothes <laughs> she has her normal outfit on instead of her tattered like princess prom dress now <laughs> but yeah uh but we cut right back over to the horde again <laughs> because again this episode just has a lot of weird cuts and it's uh katra and scorpio just like walking down the hallway talking about or i guess more katra talking about how shadow weaver got what she deserves while one of the uh little four-legged robot guys is following them and just like whistles a bit weirdly as they like look over their shoulder at it and also they still don't notice it but the the pink eye person is watching them from another vent (laughs) (laughs) and like Katra stops abruptly and like smells at the air because she can tell that something's weird and she eventually like pops over the vent and then Trapta pops out because she's not dead what a big shock Doesn't we never do they ever explain how she doesn't just fucking get vaporized by the fire? Uh, it's like it's no, like the I door closed, do. the door closed, and then the fire like kicked on immediately. She didn't have t- like it's like she doesn't have time like bef- between when the door closed to like hop in a vent or something, and also to get Emily out. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't think they ever explain this. Uh, there is a thing later in the series where she modifies some robots so that they can, like, open up like Pokeballs and she rides around inside oh, okay. them. So maybe yeah. she did that to Emily, but that would have been a really fast modification. <laughs> yeah, like, or maybe she already had done that when she pre-programmed Emily, and it's like, just, Emily is just strong enough to not get hit by fire because it's a, like, she's a robot. <laughs> Even though fire is good against steel, but I guess in this case, Emily is made of stronger stuff. <laughs> <laughs> And then fixed her in, like, the day that she's been here. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. And right after Entrapta pops out, we cut right back over to the best friend squad again. Because, <laughs> again, that, that we'll keep getting these, like, 20-second-long scenes before jumping back over. <laughs> and they're just, like, all in Glimmer's room talking about what could possibly fix her problem. And she just resolves to, like, take a nap while Bo's like, I'll make soup because soup makes people feel better when they have a cold and stuff. <laughs> and Glimmer eventually admits that she's, you know, getting worse with her glitching. And Adora thinks that the Sword of Protection could fix her since it kinda sorta healed the Plumeria tree and the Seagate. I mean, it fixed the Seagate more because yeah, sure that's, like, a, that's like an artificial like thing, it's not a person. And like, I mean, it basically didn't really do much for the tree because they had to bust open like the, the poison vial to get it to stop. <laughs> and then, and then uh, Perfuma did it more than, like, than they did. 
But then we go right back over to the horde guys again, where Entrapta is just like held up in restraints and is just using her hair to pick a lock <laughs> for one of them because they didn't bother to restrain her hair since they don't know that her hair is prehensile, I guess. <laughs> I mean, why yeah, would you assume that, really? <laughs> true, I guess, yeah, but it's like she's still a princess. You might want to like, you know, take notice of the fact that she has like long hair and it's like, yeah, there might be something going on with this, but whatever. <laughs> but Catra's just there with like a like stun gun laser rifle thing that can like just shoot bolts forward and she's trying to use the threat and Catra, uh, threat and uh, Entrapta to give her answers about the rebellion's plans. And it doesn't take much because Entrapta just fully divulges what's going on because she's just like, oh yeah, no, I was just hanging out waiting for my friends to come get me. And Katra just immediately goes the worst way possible and capitalizes on this by trying to manipulate Entrapta, believing that the princess has abandoned her, much like Kat Dora had left her behind. And Entrapta, like, talking to herself on her own, like, little, like, recording thing, does say it's already been 45 hours since she was left behind, and kind of does start to also turn against the princesses and realizing they're not going to come back to her, <laughs> and she's just sad. Yeah, the real and... advantage of Entrapta is that she's totally immune to threats, but the disadvantage is that you really don't need them. <laughs> yeah, like, she, she, you can't really, like, uh, threaten her to get her to, like, not withhold information, but she's also pretty easy to persuade. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Katra just immediately offers her place in the horde because, like, I guess she just doesn't waste any fucking time here. And Chapter does admit that she's way like way more progress in her research just from hiding out in the vents of the front zone than on like working on her own. Yeah. With what she could scrape together. And she demonstrates that by uh Emily popping up again from the last episode and who just blows up an entire wall with a laser, which impresses both Katra and Scorpio. <laughs> Uh, Adora, meanwhile, is trying to basically use the sword of protection to cast Greater Restoration, despite it not being a Warlock spell, <laughs> and has no progress, obviously. <laughs> and, I, I can't... I think maybe, though, the thing about... Now that I say that, I think, uh, Celestial Warlocks might actually get lesser restoration, I think? I'm looking yeah. it up now. <laughs> uh, let's see... Celestial... Yeah, oh, okay, now you get both Lesser and Greater Restoration. Okay, but yeah, Adora is definitely not a Celestial Warlock because as you established, she's a Hexblade. <laughs> but yeah, whatever. I'd, uh, I'm apparently wrong. She could actually cast it if she was the right uh, class and also level 9, but she's definitely not level 9 yet. <laughs> but uh, Glimmer suggests that it, the motion to be able to do it might be a jabbing or slashing <laughs> like towards her, <laughs> which immediately just makes both think they're going to end up killing Glimmer trying to do this with the sword. <laughs> Which, fair. <laughs> yeah, it's like... I need to stab you to heal you. <laughs> it's the only way. <laughs> That's... I mean, Bo is not wrong here, and I don't know why Glimmer is suggesting the jabbing and slashing. You would think that, <laughs> if nothing else, maybe try some other motions first. Yeah, like, maybe try using it as, like, a, like, conduit, like, trying to wave it like a magic wand or something, <laughs> rather than being like, oh, maybe it just has to be, maybe it just has to enter your body a little bit to heal you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, after that just real brief scene, we go right back to the fright zone, <laughs> where Entrapta's hair and Emily are also now both restrained, because obviously they figured out Entrapta can use their hair to, like, manipulate stuff. And, but she just really breaks out again and mentions that she could do even better with her technology than like even like doing stuff like you know fixing up Emily and reprogramming her. She had one first, some uh, first ones tech, which intrigues Katra a lot because when the chapter says that she 
was like tracking a very strong signal in the Whispering Woods about a big like cache that might be the biggest that she's ever seen of the first one's tech. And she also just straight up like fully gives Catra a digital map of where it is because she like narrowed down a, a search area of it <laughs> where it could be. <laughs> Uh, Katra confides in Scorpia that while she's not entirely sure if Entrapta could be trusted, uh, the technology, if it plays out, would give them a huge advantage over the rebellion, and she decides to go head off to look for it while Scorpia looks after Entrapta, who's just freed again. <laughs> she, she keeps putting herself back in the restraints after she's like, oh right, sorry, but then she like really walks back out of them again, because I guess nothing they can do can actually hold, even her wrists. Maybe they just don't have, like, small enough to restrain her wrist or something. <laughs> but also, I guess it would also be just very hard to try to restrain her hair, because the hair kit, she can probably, nip, like, finally manipulate to get, like, each strand out to eventually just get through the cuffs anyway. <laughs> so she probably wouldn't even need her wrist. She can just get her hair out all the time, just with enough effort, and then break herself out. <laughs> yeah, like, her hair is restrained, but it seems difficult to restrain hair. Like, if she... It depends yeah. on how precise her control is if she can control individual strands she can just like get out of there no problem yeah. i mean we, we've seen her like be able to like split apart her hair to like use basically as like fingers for like tacking into like keyboards yeah. and stuff and other computers so it's like i feel like she has just enough fine manipulation that she could easily just make it go strand by strand if she needed enough time to get out <laughs> <laughs> and i mean she can use it to like literally like use lock picks to get her wrists out so it's like yeah she definitely has fine manipulation on it so <laughs> it's not like it's too hard for her to get out if she really wanted to but uh while this is going on uh Angel uh, Angelo shows up at Clement's room and basically forces her into dinner without anybody else around because again she's just trying to push for them to have a conversation which Glimmer still doesn't want. And Adora decides to go look for the place that Raz brought her to because she thinks that she could learn something about Shira there in order to help Glimmer. Just, I guess, having to be in like the right place in the right time to figure itself out. <laughs> and again, we go right back over to the Fight Zone instead, where Catra's like packing up some stuff to take her to the woods. As Shadow Weaver arrives to like basically like interrogate her to see what's going on with her. And she's also just annoyed at being buried by Hordak, but also says she won't apologize for how hard she was on Catra. Like, she at least acknowledges that she was not good to Catra growing up, but she's also being like, I'm not gonna fucking apologize for that, because <laughs> you had to be, you had to grow up to be tough <laughs> before life in the horde. But Catra just tells her off, saying she doesn't need her anymore, so good for you, Catra, getting rid of your abusive parents. <laughs> Telling her to fuck off. Yeah, this episode uh, actually made me think a little bit, like, our... Historically, our thing with bad parents has just been actively abusive parents who are trying to hurt mm -hmm. their kids, essentially. If not manipulate, then actually hurt, right? So it's interesting to see that in contrast here, because we've got Angela on the one hand trying to do her best and making all the wrong decisions, on as opposed to Shadow Weaver, who is actively making her kids' lives worse. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's just interesting dichotomy, and I don't think it's one that we've gotten the same episode before. Mm. Yeah. Angela yeah. is trying so hard. She just doesn't know what to do. Yep. She's trying her best, but also doesn't know how to actually be a parent. Yeah. <laughs> the Shadow Weaver, who acknowledges that she was a shit and is still a shit and won't actually do anything to change. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, da, da, da. Where did I leave off? Uh, yeah, there it is. 
Uh, we then just quickly go back to Bo and Glimmer because they're both like having a conversation blaming themselves for what happened, saying that, oh, if I wasn't jealous at Princess Prom, we wouldn't have gotten like splitting up and then captured individually. And also, but also, if I didn't go with Perfuma and was with you, I would have been with you. And they're just eventually were like, let's just agree to hug it out instead. <laughs> as, uh, as we just cut to his door, just fully lost in the woods trying to find our way around. <laughs> so it's real brief of like, yep, I don't know where the hell I'm going. <laughs> Uh, but later at the dinner, uh, Angela tries to get Glimmer to open up about what happened, but Glimmer, like, just gets a bit annoyed and accidentally fully glitches out, and then just fully admits her failure to save Entrapta, because obviously she doesn't know that she's not dead, and that she also ended up getting the Princess Alliance destroyed, and how Shadow Weaver screwed with her powers, and it's just, like, not having a good time with everything today. But Angela then also admits that she just fully blames herself for her husband's death since she ordered the battle where he died. And which like surprises Glimmer that it's like, oh, even my mom doesn't think that she's like the perfect little princess and is like actually fallible. <laughs> and uh, Angela just also blames herself for the first Princess Alliance breaking since if she had saved it from falling apart, none of this would be happening right now, especially to her daughter. And also just like tells Glimmer that with her leading the new alliance, they would definitely be able to succeed where she failed. Just because she's trying to be a decent mom here by telling her daughter that she could do a better job. <laughs> and that the two of them will try to figure out how to heal her together. So at least there's that. Uh, and then, like, it's pretty quick, but uh, Adora is just, like, trying to continue her search in the woods as Catra also enters the woods. And both of them basically are just completely stumped because the woods are just magic bullshit that they start to both give up. But see a glow in the distance, and like as Adora walks over towards like the place that she uh, saw with Raz, Catra uh, is watching her from the tree line and sees her walking in, and of course has her catchphrase of "Hi Adora" before the episode ends. <laughs> I... Even though like th even though the previous episode, she like a day ago she said that she didn't want to see Adora again. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely adore that the Whispering Woods just hates everyone. Yeah, it's, it's it not, not princesses or a horde. It's just anyone who yeah. comes in here is no, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, the, the whispering woods can't be homophobic because it just hates everybody equally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's all for that episode, basically. Yeah, that's uh... it, it. It kind of is like a, it kind of ends on a weird spot because like I mean the episode is called the beacon and meanwhile we see the beacon in like the last like ten seconds basically. Yeah, this is definitely like. Um, it's the episode of the RPG where nobody ever actually makes any rules because it's all decompressing after a mission. And I love that yeah. we're getting it, right? It's a good thing for us to have, but it's also just... I don't think it should have been named The Beacon. <laughs> yeah, like, maybe if it was named something like Aftermath or, like, uh... You know, just like, uh... I don't know. There could, have, there could have probably been, like, a better title for it than The Beacon, considering that The Beacon, I feel like, is only going to be in, like, the first few minutes of the next episode instead. Yeah, exactly. Before before we cut to actually resolving stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, that's um, all I have of that. Okay. Uh, I hate to disappoint you, but I don't really have anything for the In the Previous Show segment. Uh... Yeah, like like I said earlier, there really wasn't anything for any general trivia for these two, <laughs> which makes sense. They were like more like heavily so focused on like the story and characters rather than like having an opportunity to like hide some sort of reference to like you know obviously like show creators in the prom or 
like illusions to the previous like the, the original show kind of deal yeah for sure but yeah there's just nothing from the old show here it's it's like <laughs> yeah this is this is like exactly what i thought uh season two of our house was gonna go for the entirety for us to being like oh yeah that's gonna, gonna be less trivia because like we're getting more into the the actual like proper story here and less characters introduced and then i was immediately proven wrong <laughs> only this time it's like oh actually i just had to wait for another show to come along and then we would have that same situ- that scenario actually play out the way i thought <laughs> Like, when story happens, there's not as much to talk about in the trivia. Yeah. The only things I really have, and this is just, like, you know how hesitant I am to accept out-of-show material, but it's the closest thing I've got to anything for this segment. Um, As per Nate Stevenson's statements outside of the show, um, Kyle here is actually this universe is he-man he'll just never be able to find out because he doesn't have a sword <laughs> <laughs> well it makes sense that he is like voiced by a pretty prolific voice actor then <laughs> he's like actually he-man <laughs> yeah i'm not sure how yeah. much that's true and how much it's a joke but <laughs> yeah i mean it, it, it definitely th- see that could be like a joke that was mentioned at like a san diego comic-con or something of like what's kyle's deal and it's like oh he's actually the real he-man of this universe just doesn't realize it yeah exactly <laughs> and he's just as a goof because he's like the most useless character basically <laughs> but it's kind, of, it's kind of like how people would always joke about how Shidi would be the one that would kill Bellas because he's the most powerful creature in existence based on just being this weird tube monster. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's like, no, actually, like, I mean, actual witches don't really stand much of a chance against Bellas because he's literally just almost like 350 years old. <laughs> Even though Hootie's like maybe a thousand years old, he's still just a bird tube with no hands and no magic. <laughs> <laughs> Unless. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Did... Hootie has basically canonically killed at least, like, four people. He br- he busted through the skull of that one Coven Guard, and he barfed up, like, three ghosts in that one episode in uh, the, the tra- Time yeah. Trappers one. So it's like, Hootie has done a murder, or four. <laughs> the real problem that Hootie would have fighting Belos, I think, is mostly just that, like, if he busted through Belos's skull, Belos would be fine with that, because he's a goo monster. Yeah, like, he would just re-solidify around Hootie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And also, like, Hootie could, like, dodge as much as he wants, but Bellos just has to go to the Arrow House and just find the source of Hootie. <laughs> I guess I, and not by that point. He would just have to hit the backpack. Yeah, pretty much. The only real he move destroyed... that I think Hootie has in this fight is just to eat Bellos, and I have no idea how yeah. that goes down. <laughs> if if you destroy Hootie's shell, do you want, does he go, like, Super Saiyan Hootie because he's no longer restrained by, like, the weighted training from like any anime <laughs> the weighted <laughs> or, training or house does, or does yeah or does he just fully die <laughs> because like i mean presumably it's like guts are kept in the walls as we see with like the door frame whenever he busts out of it <laughs> yeah but, the, but, at the, oh, wait, but at the same time but yeah no he has just fully left the house and then just like one like run amok outside and uh who like knock knock knocking on Hootie's door so it's like Maybe he, maybe he's not just like spewing guts and blood everywhere when he did that. I presume not. The uh, this is a bad image and I hate it. Yeah, but yeah, the thing no, yeah. Hootie is a legitimate nightmare. Well, the, the thing that I'm gonna propose here, which is the bad image that I hate, is that Hootie is like a biological Voltron. So the house is one of the lions, and the owl is another lion, and when they. <laughs> 
Well, no, no, the house is a, one of the lions, the skeleton is one of the lions, and the skin is another yeah, lion. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because as we saw, as we saw, it's, the skeleton is like Hootie Prime, the, the skin is just a shell he puts on to face... It's basically like, it's like his persona, it's the, it's the mask he puts on to face the world. <laughs> and when he uh, rips off the, the mask, aka the skin, that's when you see real Hootie, because he's just bone. Yeah, that's true. Um, so is Hootie actually dead and just wearing something skin? <laughs> well, I don't think that's the case. It it really depends on which one actually is Hootie Prime. Because when he was a skeleton, he didn't talk, you know? He was just kind of washing the skin. So Yeah, but he was the skeleton was sentient and animated, though. <laughs> well, we don't know that it was sentient. Uh, we see it moving. It, we certainly see it it's st- performing the skeleton a task. Stares at, the skeleton stares at Luz. <laughs> it's like, I feel like there's some level of sentience there. Yeah, but in what world does Hootie just stare at Luz and not say, Hi, Hoot Hoot? <laughs> uh, when he's at his most vulnerable, when he doesn't have his skin on. <laughs> <laughs> and also Luz didn't stick around because she was terrified. God, like the fucking opening of coming back to the show after a long hiatus. Yeah, it sure was. Uh, Jesus Christ, this fucking, I don't know. fucking show. I'm just can't say this can't say this fucking show because not covering Owl House at the moment. <laughs> what I'm proposing is that that the hoodie is a gestalt consciousness that it's like id and ego and super ego and each of them is contained within a separate part of. <laughs> Yeah, like one is in the house, one is in the skeleton, and one's in the skin. Exactly, yes. <laughs> By their powers combined, he is Hootie. <laughs> hoot hoot, motherfuckers. <sighs> so that was horrible, but... <laughs> that, yeah, that was a weird deviation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, How'd you get on talking about Hootie again? <laughs> I'm not super sure. It is technically our job to talk about the L house, so I don't think we're in trouble, <laughs> but... No, no, I mean obviously we're 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 our own bosses here. But <laughs> <So. sighs> I don't have to re-listen to this episode to find out how we actually talked ended up talking about Hootie again. <laughs> I forget. <laughs> I am so bad at listening to our show. I have not even finished our L House episodes yet. <laughs> I mean that's fair. It is also kind of like weird to hear your own, like listen back to your own voice like that for hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm normally fine with it. I usually just listen to them as they come out as like i would any other podcast but Mm -hmm. i'm just so far behind with all my shows that yeah i mean fair i still have like eight audiobooks i have not even start because i just get one a month from (laughs) libro and it's like oh i mean i'm like only still like maybe like 10 chapters into harold the ninth and it's like oh i know none of the ninth releases like in two months (laughs) and it's like i don't know like the the structure of harold the ninth is just so much more different than gideon the ninth that i'm like i don't know maybe just not as into it because i haven't listened as much i guess i don't know it's strange fair enough but uh yeah i guess before we go on another major diversion let's move to questions shall we Yeah, we don't have them on the Twitter because I forgot to send that uh, tweet, just like I mentioned at the top of the episode. <laughs> That's probably true. But we do have some questions from Aurora Borealis at Casey Cosmos on Twitter, just not on Twitter. Um, yeah. <laughs> she brought it up. She's like, hey, are there questions? I was like, oops, I forgot to send that tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because, like, in my mind, I was like, well, I mentioned this on, like, Wednesday or Thursday of earlier in the week that we were 
delaying till Saturday because of the stuff I was going through. So it's like, I guess I was like, oh, well, that's enough for people to be like, hey, I'll send questions to you this way as a response yeah. to this tweet because you're giving us a heads up. But I guess because I didn't actually say you can send questions to us here, I guess nobody thought of that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, Aurora asks, what roles do you play in a movie heist? I mean... I'm the wheel man. That's like not up for debate. <laughs> I love uh, driving and I am theoretically good at it. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I guess like one of the planners, I would say. Because like I'm definitely not like one of the like people like involved with the actual heights itself directly because I cannot lie and I'm also not intimidating. <laughs> like I, I would be there at the counter being like, please just give me the money. Come on. I guess I <laughs> should say. The group is counting on me. <laughs> when I say I'm good at driving, I do mean that I am breaking the rules on the road every time I drive. I'm not like traditionally good at driving. I'm just. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good at being able to ignore the laws of traffic to get us away. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you would fit right in here in Hartford because I see people just blast through red lights and stop signs all the fucking time. <laughs> the best I ever did was 120 in my SUV. Well, oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of uh, my one high school friend who could drive like from our like from uh, where we lived on Long Island into like where our our GM lived for the longest time in New York City, where it's like, it would be like uh, roughly like an hour drive normally, but he could make it in a half hour, and it's like, you are definitely breaking a lot of traffic laws there to get there that quick, my guy. Yep, that's me, alright. The, the, few, the few times I was driving to get there, he was like, oh, this is taking so long, and it's like, it is taking the length it should take, and we are gonna be on time. I am not speeding just to get you to shut up. <laughs> I'm the one behind the wheel, and therefore I'd be the one at, at, to be responsible if we got pulled over. So shut up. <laughs> when we went to Niagara, I was driving, and uh, I was made to go the speed limit because my name wasn't on the car rental. It was infuriating. <laughs> I mean, that that's at least a like fair reason why, because it's like if you're if you're not actually the person that the car's rental is in, technically, I guess you really shouldn't be the one driving it to begin with, right? Yeah, it like. Rental companies don't want you to do that. Um, it's not a yeah. crime or whatever, but they will try to, like, go after you for yeah. breach of contract. Like, like, yeah, like, if anything happens to the car that you're renting when somebody else is behind the wheel, then it's like, well, technically it falls on the person that rented the car because it's, like, you were the one that it was under. So it's on you to, like, do whatever amount of, like, uh, like cost there is for the other person being behind the wheel when it got screwed up. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I've I've also just, like, in general, I've never really liked driving other people's cars. Like, I, I don't have a problem driving my own car for other people in. I'm definitely, like, a little bit more on edge just in general like that because, like, if anything happens, obviously there's other people in the car besides me that might get hurt. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. I mean, I definitely do take it easier when I've got passengers, but just being forced to obey the exact speed limit was so bad. I hated that yeah, a lot. It, Especially yeah, like, because like I come from Texas, which has the highest speed limits in America, and uh, gotcha. Canada is not as fast. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like uh, the one time I had to go pick up my roommate's car because she had to like get the accelerator repaired and stuff while she was at work. It was just like a like a, maybe like a ten minute walk to get to it, and like I had to go get it. But it's like me being like, oh, I haven't driven her car before, and uh, definitely 
very self-conscious about it when I'm driving behind the wheel of her car just to get like two streets over to our home basically yeah but like when it came to like with uh moving when I picked up my friend like I was like yeah if you want to drive a little bit on the way back because I just drove four hours to get here to, to pick you up like you can drive for a bit I don't have a problem if you drive my car <laughs> but yeah, I probably trust you more driving my car than I drive than me driving my own car because I obviously there's a passenger in here now yeah for sure yeah very funny though because like they're like a whole like foot and a half taller than me basically <laughs> roughly or at least a foot taller than me so they're like very very much like uh your tiny camry <laughs> it's like a little cramped for me <laughs> it's like well it's not my fault that you're tall <laughs> meanwhile we have a friend who's even taller and like the few times that he tried to get into my camry he's like this is this is the worst chloe it's like i'm sorry <laughs> i did not get a car based on <laughs> tall people i got a car based on me because i'm part of the shorty squad <laughs> I, uh... I'm over here being fucking Paradot from Steam Universe being like real real small and it's like I did not get a car for tall people because I'm not tall. <laughs> My poor partner has the same problem. They're 6'5", so it's like there's no cars built to fit them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess maybe unless you got like a tall truck, like a Silverado or something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but Silverados are too fucking big. I had to drive <laughs> some of those on occasion at my old job in Illinois when I was taking photos of cars for a car dealership it's like never liked any truck because trucks are too, like too tall and too long in my opinion so it's like oh this thing is always a nightmare trying to get anywhere <laughs> gonna have to buy a freaking monster truck just so my partner can sit up in the passenger seat <laughs> <laughs> but um yes uh aurora also asks you get one object that you can never forget at home and if you do it teleports to you what would you pick my purse, because I left it at home like two weeks ago when I went to work. <laughs> it was like, it was, I, it wasn't two weeks ago, it was last Wednesday, uh, because that was when I had to go to my uh, vision test afterwards. And on the drive to work, I'm like, wait a sec, where's, like, I was just like, just driving along, and for some reason I thought about, like, researching something in my purse, and I looked to the side out of the corner of my eye, and it's like, where's my purse <laughs> it's like oh god damn it i left it at home well i guess this uh means i'll have to run back home to get my license real quick so this way i can actually go to the appointment and also like be able to pay for the service and then there was like five minutes later i was like wait shit my work badge is in there so i'm gonna have to text my manager real quick to be like hey can you get one of the security guys to come out here and let me in and then give me the visitor badge <laughs> So, uh, and like obviously again, because it's like, yeah, I wear like more femme clothes these days, which have little to no pockets. It's like, I can't keep anything in my pocket, so everything is kept in there. <laughs> and obviously if somebody were to try to steal the purse, being able to just teleport that back to me would be very useful for getting it back. Because all my shit would be in there. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, if that's on the table, sure. Uh, it, it just says if you forget it, it teleports to you. I don't know. Fair, yeah, I guess there's stipu that stipulation. If you leave it at home, it you can have it teleport to you compared to if it just goes missing or somebody takes it from you. Yeah. That said, though, if it's just when you leave it at home, then I don't actually have an answer for this question. I have never forgotten anything in my life. <laughs> well, good for you compared to me. Because <laughs> I it wasn't, was it also in this that I told the story about how I thought I lost my wallet like a month before I was moving to Connecticut? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, where I had to spend that whole day at work and be like, I really hope that didn't fall in my pocket and that's in my apartment somewhere, because otherwise, oh god. <laughs> yeah, see, that's... So my specific brand of ADHD means that I know exactly where everything in my apartment is, and I can get to it at moment's notice, even though it looks like a mess to an outsider. So I don't forget things when I'm leaving. I lose them when I'm not in the apartment. <laughs> 
Fair. I mean, like me with my water bottle. Or the time <laughs> I left my wallet twice. on the bus. Or. <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah, that happened just a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that sounded miserable. At least he got it back. <laughs> Pure luck, but yes. <laughs> I've lost at least three umbrellas just by leaving them places. <laughs> Better than having you lose an umbrella by having an employee fall and sit on it. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, that that was the uh, that was at the the job at that point where I had I, for the longest time like through college and everything I had this like umbrella that was kind of big. It was like more the kind of umbrella that would be for multiple people, and like it doesn't like it didn't like fold like it, it folded open yeah you know, like closed to the point where it's just like it's the entire umbrella rather than like retracting like the smaller ones are. Mm -hmm. And, like, people would occasionally look at me like it was like, oh, look at this idiot with their big umbrella. But it's like, yeah, but whenever it was windy and rainy, there would be so many of those little shitty umbrellas in the trash because they just got fucked and ruined <laughs> compared to mine being like, yeah, mine is built to fucking last. And it lasted, like, ten years. But then it was, like, a really rainy, shitty day at my job. And I had it, like, just, like, uh, opened up in, like, the back, like, near, like, the <laughs> where we kept, like, the brakes and stuff so it could dry. And, like, one of them just, like, slipped and fell on it and broke oh. it, just falling on it. Oh, that's He's awful. like, sorry, sorry, Chloe. And I'm like, well, it's this is, like, a little disappointing, but also it's kind of funny to me that this is what took out the umbrella. Not, like, a hurricane force wind or, like, a really, like, heavy rainstorm or anything like that. It was just a person falling on it. <laughs> so it was kind of amusing, but I still have not actually replaced my umbrella yet. I still don't have one almost three years later. <laughs> Yeah, the only really time I ever actually bought a nice umbrella was, it was like a replica of the Blade Runner umbrellas with a, like a clear plexiglass <laughs> handle with an LED in it. So it was very like cyberpunk and cool. And yeah. I immediately, the first place I took it to, I left it at a restaurant. So, oh, no. so ever since then, uh, I've just bought the cheap like $5 umbrellas because yeah. I learned that I can't trust myself with nice things. Yeah, that's a bummer though. I mean, like, with my big umbrella, of course, because it's just one big solid thing that was, like, uh, three feet long, I would occasionally just also hold it like a sword, because why wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, naturally. It's, this, is, this, is, this is long enough to the point where it's like, yep, this is, of course, going to be me pretending to have a lightsaber or something, <laughs> because <laughs> that's how I am with long, sturdy objects. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, a final question from Aurora. Would Entrapta build Gunpla? It feels like robots that are also tiny seems like something Taylor made for her. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I even answered this already in the chat. Uh, yeah. One thousand percent. Yes, obviously. <laughs> like she, she, she loves building anything. So her building little toy robots, like models of them, is definitely something she would absolutely do. I actually kind of wonder because she's so much about machines and electronics. I wonder if she would be bored by Gunpla. She might just see them well, and decide to make the real thing. Here's the thing, she might see a kit and get excited and build it, like one of those real grades, then once she realizes it's not a real robot, she would open it up and put electronics in it so she could just have tiny desk-sized robots. <laughs> there you walking go. Walking around. Yeah, that's... What yeah, she would, she, would, she would realize, oh, this is a real robot? Well, I'm going to make it into a real one. And then she would just buy up more kits to do it because it's just fun having, like, two-foot, like, little, like, ten-inch tall robots. <laughs> that's... Yeah, that's absolutely... <laughs> yeah. She just has, like, 12 of them on her desk, and she's just like, go get me snacks, guys, and they would just all work together to bring her soda and stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's all our questions for today, so thank you so much for those, Aurora. If you have questions for us in the future, you can send them to us at usweirdoscast on Twitter and usweirdoscast at gmail.com. Um, 
the Zelda update, the Zelda has turned real gross. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's gotta be I've been, nasty. I've been, I've been, it's not just like because it's been open for two hours. It's just that the more I start continue drinking it, the more I was like, this, this soda sucks. <laughs> Coke, Coke and coffee, nope, <laughs> no thanks. I guess it's also a case of like I'm not sure when you would really want to drink this because it's like I'm I'm the kind of person that's like I can't drink a soda before like noon like before lunchtime, mm-hmm. so it's like I wouldn't want to drink this in the morning even though that's coffee in it even if it was good but also like when usually when I would drink soda it would be close to like dinner time and it's like I don't necessarily want to drink coffee then because like if I'm having like a late dinner. The, co- the, the coffee part is going to keep me up longer than I should, based on, like, I mean, the soda already would be bad enough in that scenario because it still has caffeine in it, but, like, coffee is, like, more caffeine. <laughs> and combine the two would not make it good. So I don't know when, I don't know when you would really want to drink this thing. Um, well, I wouldn't because I hate coffee. The bitter really sets off my super taster thing. But uh, with yeah. that said, it is fascinating to listen to you talk about this because, like... <laughs> caffeine isn't a thing for me it just does not uh, affect me at all hmm. so it's it's just yeah, part of my weird drug resistance i think but it's like yeah i maybe. could I slam mean, a monster at 2 a.m and still go to bed <laughs> oh yeah no i, I can't do that I, I basically just never also liked energy drinks as a thing like I, I i think it's i guess also like me asking this about this coke and coffee thing it's like i guess that's also similar with like the like mountain dew am i guess equivalent because that's basically like an energy drink but also mountain dew so i guess it's pretty similar yeah but the thing like is, is like that i would not want to try to drink good <laughs> i mean well neither does coke and coffee so <laughs> tied there i guess Coke and coffee and also Mountain Dew AM, you both suck. <laughs> Mountain Dew did do a series of energy drinks a couple of years back. Those were great. Mm-hmm. I loved those. But the AM stuff, that was just... That's okay, garbage the, water. The, those uh, Mountain Dew energy drinks might be more what I'm thinking of then. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Again, I don't know when you would really want to drink one of those. Cause, but, but that's also me, because I recognize that's a me problem where I'm like, you can't drink soda before like lunchtime. <laughs> and these definitely have soda in it, and plus extra super caffeine because energy drink or coffee yeah whereas so, i, I pretty much will have them any time of day because it doesn't really matter that much and i just like the flavor <laughs> yeah because like i like coffee i wouldn't be drinking this if i didn't like coffee i drink co- i don't drink coffee every morning i mostly have it on like work days because usually i'm like waking up earlier for those days anyway <laughs> so i'll drink that and i also just i found also as i've gotten older especially in the last few years i definitely like drinking more like either water or coffee with breakfast compared to like juice like i used to <laughs> i think it's less like i mean i know that like obviously like some of the juice i drink is actually not like juice juice it's like artificial <laughs> bullshit <laughs> so it's like maybe that's the reason why and it's like i think i'd rather just have like you know just straight water or like water if like one of those little like uh you know, like the water flavoring things like a, a mio or like one of those like crystal light mixes put in or something well like i said just coffee with it yeah that's fair i uh i am still chasing a high from an energy drink i had when i was 15 so <laughs> that's i have to try I, I all mean, of them yeah no i guess I, i've been in a similar situation because i'm like oh i miss having like the really great sodas and other drinks like that i had in japan because like there was one in particular that I got on a whim called Nectar, which is like a peach soda, and it was fucking great. And it's like, you can't get anything like that here in the States, because our, diff- our soda choices just suck, yeah. by contrast. Yeah, this was like, like it was maybe a six-ounce drink, 
called Vamp, V-A-M-P, as in vampire. <laughs> and that six-ounce drink contains this, the this maximum is... amount of caffeine allowable by law. This, this is uh, this is uh, completely in line with what I know of you. <laughs> and yeah, it was Very on so brand. good. I've never wanted another soda more, but I've never seen it again. So I can only uh, assume that that was a Camarilla store. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of similar again, like uh, when I was in Europe for the two weeks back in uh, 2013, in like late June to early July, when, like, and every time that like we'd be at a restaurant, you would have to like specify like, uh, well, the English equivalent was gas or no gas because it's like it takes this carbonation or non-carbonated drink. <laughs> Meanwhile, like every time I was like, yeah, no, bring on the carbonation stuff. I'll try that shit out, <laughs> and I liked all of it. Like, uh, oh, there was also another one in Japan that was like it was like. Uh, like an apple soda it's a straight up soda but apple flavored instead of like oh, yeah. what you normally would think of soda and it's like oh that was also great i mean i got obviously can't find that either there's a apple soda that i get in san antonio uh manzanita sol it's called it's fantastic <laughs> yeah the only the only like drink i've ever actually had in japan that i've been able to find in the states is uh like a while ago i went to an h mart when I still lived in North Carolina, and I actually found Pocari Sweat there, like a ah. big thing of Pocari Sweat. It's basically just Gatorade. It's just it's just funny that it's called Pocari Sweat because <laughs> like <laughs> when when uh when my friend Mark and some of his college friends uh, planned a trip to Japan, weirdly enough, like right before I got the job offer in Japan, to the point where it actually worked out where I could go hang out with them for like a day in Akihabara. <laughs> uh, basically, like he was just asking me a lot of stuff about like different like Japanese snacks and stuff, and I was like, oh yeah, you got to try Bukari Sweat. He's like. Why does it have that name? It's like it's, it's just because it's like a sports drink. It's like a Gatorade. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a funny name to it, considering that it, you know it's called Pocari Sweat. <laughs> it's much like uh, uh, what was the other one? It was like a, it's kind of like a like thick like drink that kind of looked like milk, but it was also like an energy drink, like a, not energy drink, like a sports drink. And I'm trying to remember what the hell its name was, but I don't remember. But it, it was also like a like oh this name is like a little bit strange but also it's like it's a good drink so don't worry about it it's just a name <laughs> <laughs> okay well um we've been diverging for a little while now so uh do you yep. want to do your transformation count sequence uh well i don't have to because it's still none but we do have that one bit of trivia real quick because i wanted to bring up kyle <laughs> okay yeah fair because Kyle actually had more than, like, a line in an episode, so he gets promoted to being in the voice actor coverage. Hey! Because uh, at Worthwhile, he gets his voice by Anthony Del Rio, who's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, I just have, like, a, like, small list here of, like, different roles he's had. Uh, but he's been the voice of Child Kratos, or Kratos in... No, Kratos, yeah, because Kratos is how they pronounce, or mispronounce Kratos in Tales of Symphonia. Yeah, he's child Kratos in various God of War spinoffs, like, uh, so, like Son of Sparta and whatnot. And that. Uh, he's Jonathan in the current Rugrats reboot, and also Duncan slash Man-at-Arms in the current He-Man reboot. <laughs> which I found pretty funny when you brought up that he's actually, like, the Shira universe of the He-Man, yeah. just doesn't know it. <laughs> uh, he is Samuel 034 in Halo The Fall of Reach, which I don't didn't know they made like a series based on Halo The Fall of Reach, but I guess they did. And that, that book, I suppose. Uh, he is the not-greatly-named Tico Libre in Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker and Ground Zeroes, because, of course, fucking Kojima can't name a character a normal name, <laughs> so he has to name him literally Tico Libre. <laughs> Uh, he is the voice of Pit and Dark Pit in Kid Icarus Uprising and, like, every instance of Smash Brothers where they've appeared. Hey! 
and he was Silas in the bad Fire Emblem game, Fates, and also the other bad Fire Emblem game, Fire Emblem Heroes, because it's a bad gacha game. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's it's actually kind of interesting that he's not in as many like cartoons besides obviously Shira and then like the few re- like reboots from recent years, <laughs> but it's like he's mostly in like a bunch of video games and stuff. So I was like, oh, this is fun. He's in like he has a wide range of stuff. And then like when I saw that he was Pit in Dark Pit, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I could definitely see like based on his voice in Jira that that's definitely Pit. <laughs> yeah, I definitely I, I wouldn't would, have I'm, guessed it, but when you said it, it made sense. Yeah, because like I'm one of the few people that actually bought and played and enjoyed Kid Icarus Uprising, that game with that terrible control scheme <laughs> where they had to box it with the fucking stand, which I actually still have because <laughs> I use it as a phone stand when I'm at my desk for my phone. <laughs> Straight up, I don't have that old 3DS stand. I don't have my 3DS anymore. Cause I, I eventually I kind of grew out, like over, like, grew, like I grew kind of past the 3DS because like it, the 3DS even like with the bigger like the 3DS XL and everything, mm-hmm. it's kind of too still too small for my hands, and it's also like just like it's too small of a screen because I mean those screens are like 240p. <laughs> I don't know. I loved the new 3DS. That was great. I mean, well, the new 3DS didn't really have a lot on it, though, because, I mean, like, it, I mean, it was obviously, like, it had some, like, improvements for stuff like Majora's Mask and, like, the few Monster Hunter games on the 3DS, because you could use the camera controls with the nubbin. But, like, if I'm remembering correctly, the only, like, exclusive new 3DS game was the, Ze- the port of the original Xenoblade Chronicles, which looked even more um, worse than the Wii version. <laughs> there were a couple, but I don't care about those. Like, I don't need... Minecraft on the new 3DS. True. I just True. Cared. It was a oh, oh right, console. yeah, My, right. Minecraft's on it, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I guess it's similar to like the DSi, where like the DSi at least had like DSiWare, and and by that I mean like three, because they released like a few of them, like art style picto bits and stuff, mm-hmm. which I liked, and art style Aquia, which I also liked, because those were like ones that released day and date, and then they never did anything else with DSiWare. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get that it's just, like, it's a, it's a side grade, and it's, like, it's, like, a little bit of a nicer-looking design and, like, a little feature that's not really important compared to, like, obviously, like, jumping from the 3DS, 3DS was a big step in a different platform kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I still like a lot of DS, you know, like, DS and 3DS games, and I mean, I, I, I have a lot of them on my PC through means that I will not divulge before Nintendo sends assassins after me. <laughs> but, I mean, hey, uh, I just can't play an actual physical one of those anymore because they're just too tiny for me. <laughs> okay. Well, there is one more thing, I think, that we need to cover before we end the episode because... Uh, mm-hmm. As of last episode, as of episode 27, we have officially uh, yes. crossed the 500 downloads mark. Yeah. Um, who, the, who the hell are all you people? I thought the only people that listen to us were people in our Discord that are friends of us who know us. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Who's that, who are all you other people listening? <laughs> it's, um, not, not trying to call you out because I appreciate it, but like, who, who is, who's everybody that's listening to us? <laughs> yeah, it, it's really wild, honestly. We're a super small show, and the only advertising we have ever done is retweeting our own Twitter accounts. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, we have links to the, our, the Us Weirdos Twitter in our profile files and that's really and like we event occasionally like like and retweet them which always feels a bit strange to me to like and retweet them myself considering i'm the one that does the tweets <laughs> uh, yeah it's it's a little odd but we sincerely appreciate it our little show has been going for you know just a little more than six months now and the fact that we would break 500 downloads in that short amount of time is very it matters to us. We love doing this show, and we appreciate you for listening to it. <laughs> yep. 
even when the audio sometimes turns into an old-timey radio yeah. show. <laughs> or, or when Craig keeps crashing, which I say now, and it's like, well, Craig hasn't crashed this time, but also they recently updated Craig, so maybe that's why. I have to be Craig honest, I have, removed, I have removed every instance of Craig from every episode, so they have no idea who that is. <laughs> I mean, pe- people that I think use, like, Discord to record podcasts themselves probably know that Craig is a recording possible, program that yeah. acts as a backup, yeah. Uh, Craig is but sometimes the... also our destiny also fucks stuff, because <laughs> sometimes computers just fuck up. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're new, and we're learning, and we'll get better, but we appreciate those of you who are in this journey with us. And by this journey, yep. I mean talking about these gay, gay cartoons. <laughs> Yeah, uh, two two people just sitting around talking about cartoons that are mostly designed for kids. I guess Shira has like a slightly older audience. As target, I don't know. I guess that's actually kind of comparable target demographic than Owl has, right? Yeah, I think so. It's yeah, like that, like fourteen to seventeen age range, I guess that Owl House really kind of aims for more than anything, which is why Disney doesn't think it fits the brand. <laughs> uh, yeah, goodness, what will we do if children watch cartoons? <laughs> yeah. But hey, that's what we're like for. As, yeah, it's almost like as King suggested, we should make a program for ages six to twelve to distract <laughs> them. But yeah, no, I, I don't think we would. I don't think we would be able to cover a show that's like designed for like a way younger audience like those. We could try. Give Sophia the first a shot next. <laughs> I, like, I honestly, I don't even know what kids that are like six to twelve watch these days. I'll give you a besides, hint. Like, it's not Sophia the first. The, yeah that show I mean, is like five stuff. years old <laughs> i mean like i know that like a lot of kids like just watch youtube stuff and watch like minecraft let's plays and stuff i don't know what they watch in terms of like actual tv <laughs> do, do, do they still really watch paw patrol uh i, 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 I hope i know not. my i know i know my niece who's six loves daniel tiger but i also don't know if that's still a thing that's stuck around because i know she used to watch that when she was younger she was like four, but I don't know if she's still watching it now. Uh, no idea. Daniel Tiger was like a spinoff of Mr. Rogers, so it's very plausible to me that that could just keep going forever. Oh, huh. I didn't realize it's a spinoff of Mr. Rogers. Oh, yeah. It's like uh, huh. Imagination Land characters. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, weird. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I um... think... I think there might also be a Peep the Cat TV show. I know she also liked reading the Peep the Cat books, but I don't... I think there might be a show... <laughs> I have no idea, but uh, it's probably not something we're going to cover, so... Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, no, there, yeah, there's apparently been a Pete the Cat show since, going since 2017, and still airs. <laughs> I think it's it looks like it's like an Amazon show. It, it, funnily enough, 69% of people like this TV show. Nice. <laughs> Good job, Pete the Cat. <laughs> but, yeah. All this to say that... Uh, we're grateful for y'all who are listening to the show, and we promise to only bring you the most premiere of queer cartoon content in the future. And, you know, if we ever cover a cartoon that's not gay, you better believe we're going to tell you how it's gay every episode. <laughs> yeah, we're still, we'll still be like, oh, well, this might not actually be queer, but there's a headcanon here. <laughs> like, we were talking about Animorphs in the Discord of, like, it's like, I know that, like, people have the Tobias being trans headcanon that the author even has, like, kind of encouraged a bit, but, like, any of the kids, like, straight up queer in it, and it's like, it seems like it's actually kind of no, unfortunately. It is, yeah, you know, it was the 90s. But, but hey, yeah, but it also, it gets the pass because, like, the author at least is, like, very supportive of queer people and has a trans daughter, so there's that's cool. <laughs> yeah, um, 
I don't really have anything else. Do you, Chloe? No, I think we're good. Okay. Um, if you have enjoyed this, uh, you can find me on Twitter at patch underscore jacket, where I mostly retweet things. Um, it's I've put up a couple pictures of my cat lately. We need that these days, I think. And yep. I'm also on co-host at nobody, where I cannot post yet. It's kind of refreshing in a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being having like the ability to just like see a bit, but also not have to actually engage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and you can find me at Khalifa Chaos as uh, before. I know that I also registered a co-host a few weeks ago. I'm trying to remember if I got Khalifa Chaos or Chloe Phil. I think I just got Chloe Phil I because so, I guess yes. the person. Yeah, because I think the person that has Chloe Phil on Twitter, I guess, didn't sign up for co-host, so that's why I was able to get it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I also still can't post, which is why I also don't remember the handle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've seen people that like register on the same time that are like kind of have like the same amount of like followers as on Twitter as me, and they've gotten permission to post. So I don't know what's going on. I think it's just an incremental thing. They're sending out yeah, invites in batches. Just, yeah, slowly introduce people to it this way they don't like break their servers immediately, like <laughs> Final Fantasy fourteen does all the time whenever they update. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I think after all of that. There's not a whole lot left to say, but uh, remember, us weirdos have to stick stick together. together. Bye. Bye.